It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M-I-N. Be sure to check out our website at northstarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, January 9th, as we have reached our 100th episode spectacular. I am sitting here in studio with the North Star Sports Hall of Famer, Drew Peterson. How's it going, buddy? Oh, it's going great, Owen. Happy to be here for the 100th show. It's been fun watching this, uh, you know, every show come out. It's been fun to listen, and I'm happy to be here as part of the history of the North Star Sports 100th annual show. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. I mean, we just have, I mean, the, the show of all shows today, it's a show that we've put off for, honestly, probably like 13 months because it was supposed to be a show done back in the WRFW days, but, you know, as they say, better late than never. And, I mean, I'm so excited because we all know, and, and I'll... I'll briefly get to the criteria for this list, but we all know that when we look at the ESPN, when we look at these big sports media companies and they put out their top 150, top 100 players of all time, we know it's bullshit. There's players from the 1920s on there. <laughs> There's offensive linemen who are five foot eight, 160 pounds. I mean, we know that's not the real list, but I'm confident that you and I have the real list. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's going to obviously be some differences because we, I think we both had different criterias, which obviously we'll explain, but, you know, we have different criterias, but we're going to get it right. You know, something that these major media conglomerates don't do right is, you know, they, they think, I don't even know how they think, but we think the only way you should think, and that is the best players that you've seen or, you know, we're in a modern era where, you know, everything was kind of up to date with today's date. So it'll be fun to see your list. I'm excited to see, you know, how wrong you are on some picks, but you know it'll be fun to see what you do. Oh, my quarterback list is is going to be epic. But you know, and we do, and you think about these people who work, you know, these talking heads, you know, these these stooges who work at other places, and they're probably getting paid seventy thousand dollars. I don't pay you shit, and you're going to come up with a better <laughs> list than them. So I mean, there's no better deal in the world of sports. Exactly, that free labor is where it's at. Got to tell you that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. Um, but yeah, so we, we mentioned it, but I'm curious on, because I, I know our, ours will differ a little bit with the criteria, but when you say top five posi- position players at, at a given position, what are the criteria you're looking for? Well, what I took into place was, uh, you know, I'm not one. I did this with, you know, when we did the, you know, NFL top, you know, players at each position. I look at it as I was born in 97. So a lot of my picks are players that were playing in college before 97 because most of these guys on my list I've either seen highlights of, seen them play live, uh, you know, you know, the stats were just really there. Um, you know, that's really my criteria. For some of the positions like offensive line and some of the stuff where I couldn't find real stats, I kind of went into the NFL performance and kind of how they did or where they were drafted or, or something of that. I also put in the simple fact of where they played, what conference they played in. So it, it, it's most of my players are before, you know, are after 97, but that's the criteria I came up with to really see it because I feel like it's hard to judge a player who, you know, played in the, the 40s who was a running back who was, you know, five foot eight, 110 pounds, but he was the only one that was faster than everyone else. So that's how I did it. You know, when the players were bigger in my lifetime because 
I can't, I don't like judging players that I never saw play myself. You know, obviously you can go off stats, but I think stats are for nerds. So I go off of watching them play and what they could do and how dominant they were. Yeah, I mean, as we always say, stats are for Jim Sturm. And, you know, you don't <laughs> want to be like Jim Sturm. But I, I think that's pretty solid. Mine mine are, are pretty similar. Uh, I do prioritize people I've, I've seen, but there are definitely people on my list who... Um, it, you'd be crazy not to put them on your list, even though I haven't exactly seen them play. You know, from what I can gather from firsthand account, from stats, obviously. I, I prioritize playing... I, I prioritize breaking records, setting records that people will never uh, accomplish, I think is, is uh, you know, a, a big thing for me. Uh, context matters. So, you know, playing at, at big schools, obviously, that's, that's going to be more impressive than, you know, playing in the fucking MAC. Um, although I'm sure I have, you know, some players who have played in smaller conferences. Uh, and then I, I prioritize, um, or maybe, maybe not prioritize, but it's how my list, uh, shook in, uh, shook out is I, uh, th- there are a lot of modern players, especially at, at one very key position <laughs> that I'm sure you can guess. <laughs> uh, I, I, I really prioritize modern players because, I mean, the sport gets better over time. The sport, there's not a given year or not a given five-year stretch where the sport is worse than it was five years before. The sport is always getting better. More money's getting put into it. Players are getting bigger, faster, stronger. Everything probably paid more too from these these bag men. But you know, that's I would never allege that, of course. But um, you know, so it's it's a lot of modern people, and I specifically for the defensive side, I prioritize doing stuff that like is very rarely done that is yep. you know so we're, i think we're going to see on mine I, I hope this doesn't give away give it away too much but a lot of people who are ranked very highly in in the heisman on the defensive side of the ball i think that's very impressive considering the offensive bias that there is but um yeah i, th- I think we're, we're somewhat similar on our uh, criteria so uh we'll we'll start from the back of the defense to uh, the to the front, and then from the front of the offense to the back of the offense. So we'll go uh, defensive backs, linebackers, defensive line, offensive line, tight ends, which is going to be a rather interesting one. <laughs> Wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. And uh, at, at some point in there, we'll also get to your your special list. And uh, you know, if you also want to throw in honorable mentions, just guys who you know come up because I got a handful of honorable mentions at positions who. Uh, you know, definitely don't deserve to be in the top five, uh, top ten, of course, for wide receivers, running backs, and and uh, quarterbacks, because obviously those are, I mean, to do a top five list on those would be like we're really whittling down uh, some guys. But uh, let's start with you, uh, your number five defensive back of all time. My number five defensive back of all time was actually drafted in this last draft by a team of mine, uh, one of my favorite teams. Um, I have it. Uh, he went to Ohio State, played three years there. I have Jeffrey Akuda. Uh, this guy, you know, obviously it's really, you know, when I was looking at defensive backs, it's it's hard to find statistics of it. But, you know, again, with that whole bias of me seeing him play, you know, Akuda, watching him play, I, I you know, got into the golfers and stuff like that. He's just a really good football player. He was really locked down, I believe, his last year in college football or something like that. I think he didn't even, you know, let a receiver get over 100 yards. You know, he just he did a really good job, and there was a reason he was drafted where he was. And Akuda comes in at my fifth. That that is interesting, uh, because I I think w- one of the things that I think we're gonna find with with our lists is it's it's really interesting because you're living in the moment. Where do you put guys who just played? 
because sometimes it's so hard when you're when you're in the middle of it to know where to put people. But Okuda was a shutdown guy. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I think he's the highest drafted corner since like '93 or something. So that's exactly that's telling you something. So you know, like obviously, I, I guess another thing that I take into account is you know when we look at these players, like there's going to be certain players on my list that when they're drafted so high, obviously I'm not an NFL scout or anything like that, and that's one thing I took into account was. You know, how high was this guy drafted? You know, Kuda being drafted where he was, you know, for the first time in so long. I mean, that tells you something that other people saw in him, and that's why I see him at the number five, number five defensive back of all time because he was just such a shutdown guy in a very, you know, very good conference, and, you know, that that's a big thing. You know, he, he was really good in recent memory, and I have a lot of players like that, you know, as of, you know, two years ago who were playing college football, you know, that are on these lists. Okay, that's fair. Uh, my number five defensive back of all time is going to be uh, Neon Deion Sanders. Uh, I think when you talk about college football during that era, I mean, obviously he was you know larger than life personality, um, but I mean it's it's really hard to talk about that era of the late '80s, early '90s. I mean it's it's like Deion Sanders, Bosworth, like there's a handful of guys that you just automatically go to, and I. I I'm not saying he's overrated because I'm clearly I'm putting him at number five, but obviously I think you know the first thing you think of is like two sport player, which is irrelevant to these rankings and like the media guy, but I mean there was hype there for a reason. I mean uh, you know electric kick returner, punt returner, obviously was a really high draft pick, finished eighth in the Heisman voting in 1988, which obviously doesn't sound super impressive, but like I said, if you're even on these Heisman voting. Uh, if you're a Heisman candidate and you're on the defensive side of the ball, that that's insane because, you know, when when uh, when I was looking through, for example, when I was looking through ESPN's top 150 college football players, like 60 of, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but like 40 of the players on that list were quarterbacks and another 40 were running backs, and it's like obviously at the college level, like those players dominate so much. So you know, I, I take that pretty seriously. Obviously, it was a super high draft pick and. Uh, you know, just uh, I, I do prioritize I do prioritize that as well uh, when I get to, to some other positions. Guys who did multiple things. Obviously, this I have him here as a defensive back, but I just think his presence uh, on the field was was very impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So if you want to you want to get to your uh, number four, my number four. This man played for one of the best college defenses. Uh, you know, in the two thousands. Uh, he had 21 interceptions in his four years at Miami. He is one of the hardest-hitting safeties in, in the game and has one of the craziest highlights against the Indianapolis Colts, but it goes to safety Ed Reed. Um, you know, Ed Reed playing in Miami, I mean, he was he stuck out on that, you know, Miami defense, and it was such a great team defensively, you know, so many NFL players. Uh, but, you know, Ed Reed, just his ability to scare you as a player, I mean, even in college, was just something crazy. You know, he was a great leader, uh, and, you know, he won a national championship. So, you know, that's just that, – that would be my number four guy. You know, just that fear that he brought to the game and, and just his ability to create plays, you know, as a safety – um, yeah, Ed Reed will come in at my number four spot. Yeah, I think that's definitely appropriate. Again, like, because we've gone through that before, I feel like, at WRFW, where you look at, like, third strings at Miami were, like, <laughs> yeah. better than a lot of other team starters, and that was the guy at the school that had the most amount of guys at its at its peak. I mean, obviously, USC, USC was, was pretty impressive at that time as well, but, like, you even see what he's doing now, like, mm-hmm. they have a lot of respect for that guy. Oh, yeah. Ed Reed, I mean, even even carrying, obviously this doesn't matter, but even carrying into his NFL career, I mean, he just was such a crazy 
Again, part of a huge, I mean, every time he's played, he's part of a huge defense, a great defense, the Ravens, you know, and the Miami. I mean, that you take that into account, there's obviously something about him. He's a great leader, and that that's what puts him so high on my list is just his ability to, in, you know, insert fear into the enemy and at the same time, you know, be able to lead a great defense. So, you know, Ed Reed, really good football player. Absolutely. Uh, my number four defensive back of all time is maybe a little surprising, but it's a current one who's still in college, and that's uh, Patrick Sertain the second. Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting because you obviously, and this is the same with the NFL, where you go back and you look at a lot of those interception uh, records, like um, oh, who's the Paul Krause? Mm-hmm. Like that record will never be broken because the game has changed so much. I mean, it was. You know, it was normal for starting quarterbacks to have Jameis Winston numbers and throw 30 interceptions, you know, but now we've cut down on that. So now, I, I think this has followed college football as well. You you don't really see guys who have crazy interception numbers anymore. So I, th- I think the, the reason why I go with Sertain here, even though he only has um, four interceptions, is teams didn't throw at him. It's kind of like Darrell Revis, where you look at his, his, stats, his stats and you go, well, that's not super impressive, but like he shut down a half of the field. They do not target this guy, and you saw this in the uh, in the playoffs this year in particular. I mean, Notre Dame, Ian Book did not throw the ball anywhere near Sertain uh, to the point where the announcers are, were pointing this out as well. Sertain was ba- he was so good he was baiting them to throw. So he's so you know it's one thing to be a shutdown corner, but he's so confident in his ability to be a shutdown corner that he's going to give you that extra inch to make it seem like you can make a play just so you throw it so he can make the play. And, uh, you know, he's the SEC Defensive Player of the Year this year. I mean, that's the top conference, and th- this guy's going to be a top-five pick. And you see a lot of uh, commentators talking about how this is the the best corner to ever come out of Alabama, which is saying a lot because wow. they've, they've had a lot of good corners. Not a lot of them have, uh, you know, translated to the NFL, but obviously that's a separate discussion than, you know, this list. Yeah, you know, he's just like his dad. You know, his dad was really good in the NFL, and he is a amazing, you know, cornerback. And to be able to have that – that title is one of the best corners in Alabama history, especially in the last, like, you know, however long Saban's been at that team. I mean, where he's brought in players like Morris Claiborne, uh, you know, um, man, I, I'm spacing on other names. But either way, Morris Claiborne, great players like that. I Dean mean, Milner. Yep, Dean, Mil- <laughs> Dean Milner. Like, they brought in really good corners. And, you know, he definitely, you know, being as good as he is, he definitely deserves to be on that list. Yeah, Drake Kirkpatrick as well. Yep, there's another one. A lot of high corners. See, that's the issue with a lot of Alabama corners, though, is you remember their names in college, and then when they get to the NFL, they just all burn out. You know, that's kind of how it seems like anyways with Alabama corners. Yeah, yeah, that's (laughs) true. Another one that I was thinking about, honorable mention here, because I think he he fits this mold as well, is, is Minka. Yep, like Minka. We, we yep. know how good he was in in uh, in the pros, obviously, but it, I mean, there was a reason he was, and he fell to the twelfth pick or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like Minka was this shit in college. Oh yeah, definitely, and yeah, he's <laughs> he's turned it around, especially being traded after one year with Miami, which oh. is the best part of that whole thing. They could use him now. <laughs> well, uh, coming in and for moving on, coming into my number three. Now this was an issue, and this was an issue on a couple of my picks. I could not find stats. Uh, he played in the FCS. I think it's the FCS. FCS is the lower tier, right? It was the FBS, where it's like Cookman and like stuff. Oh like. shoot! I always forget this one. Yeah, I forget too. I think it's the FCS. FCS. So this guy was an FCS player, I believe. Uh, he played for Bethune Cookman. Uh, he's a corner, um, obviously, and uh, he was drafted in the first round. Uh, Rasheen Mathis. You know, obviously, I could not find stats on this guy. I looked a lot. 
where it was kind of like, you know, you couldn't find like a, a legitimate site to find it. But, you know, for him to be drafted where he was being out of an FCS school, you know, like he was, I mean, obviously he was extremely talented. Um, you know, he had a great NFL career, um, which kind of played into a lot of my defensive backs because it's, for some reason, some of these sites, I mean, obviously you're a lot better at it than I am finding stats, but just couldn't find stats for some of these people on my list. So, But, uh, you know, him being drafted where he was out of the FCS school and ha- turning into such a great career in the NFL, he comes in at my number three. I respect it, going with the Bethune-Cookman. <laughs> I did not expect to see that. That is crazy. Uh, my number three guy is uh, number three defensive back, yep. not, not just a guy, uh, was Sean Taylor. Oh, yeah. Sean Taylor's a monster. 14 interceptions in two years uh, at Miami. 10 his uh, his junior year. Three defensive touchdowns. I mean, just a big play guy. I mean, we know he likes to absolutely destroy punters in Pro Bowl games. I mean, he'll he's a big hitter, a big playmaking guy. Uh, he was the Big East uh, player of the year. Uh, where, uh, you know, obviously Miami's in, in that in that uh, conference. But, you know, again, you know, it's it's the best team of the era. Um, I mean, I guess that's technically still the modern era, obviously, you yeah. know, 16 years ago. But, um, you know, the one of, one of the best players, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I think you can guess uh, another player from that team was probably on my list. But, you know, this was like, if he wasn't the dude, he was he was 1B. You know, mm-hmm. just a legendary college football player who might get a little bit overshadowed um, because of, you know, outside circumstances uh, that happened in his pro career. And then also, you know, considering some of the, well, considering one other player he played with, but, you know, he was just the guy on that team. And, I mean, that team had just absolute killers on it. So, uh, Sean Taylor's my number three defensive back of all time. I like that one. Uh, coming in at my number two. Now, this is one of the more recent players that I've watched, you know, growing up watching college football. Uh, He came from LSU. He was fourth in the Heisman voting. He's had four TDs, six sacks, uh, you know, 133 tackles in total and 16 for a loss. But that is the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew. Uh, You know, obviously, I believe he got suspended his senior year uh, when he was running for the Heisman. I'm not sure who won it that year. Um, But, you know, he was just such a ball hawk. You know, he was such a great great football player at LSU where you know they they were literally talking about him the whole season until I believe he got suspended because I think he got arrested for uh, other things off the field but you know he was such a great safety great corner wherever you put him and and, you know he was just so dominant when they were talking about comparing him to Charles Woodson and, and almost winning the Heisman that year and that just has to come up on my list I mean if you're a defensive player in any status and you know this you've got to be high up on a list because not many defensive players get in the top five in voting for the Heisman. So uh, that comes in at my number two. Yeah, I like it. I mean, there was, there was a reason why you knew who he was before the draft. I mean, you know, plenty of players get kicked out of school. And, you know, I guess it would have been interesting, too, if, he, if that hadn't happened because maybe he could have gone as high as a Patrick Peterson or uh, Morris Claiborne, you know, maybe been a top ten pick. Uh, Vikings definitely messed up by uh, <laughs> having a pick, like, one or two before in the third round and not taking him, but... <laughs> You know, whatever. They make a lot of bad picks. <laughs> Troy Williamson. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not that's not even the worst one. That's still an awful one. What's the worst Vikings pick of all time, in your opinion, Owen? Of all time? Just in your, we'll just go in your lifetime. We're just in your lifetime. What's the worst pick you've seen the Vikings make? Uh, God, there's a lot of bad ones. It's a hard list. Yeah. You know what? It might be Troy Williamson, to be honest with you. Yeah. 
I know that I know the ponder's a bad one, but at least you tried to get a quarterback, and I at least respect that at a base level. But yeah, moving on from Randy Moss to Williamson, you know what? Yeah, that probably is the worst of of, of all time. That's pretty fucking awful. We I could do it. That is an idea for a show in the future. Don't worry, I'm a Lions fan. Well, was a Lions fan, but uh, my worst pick in my lifetime has to probably be Brandon Pettigrew uh, in the first round there. Uh, taking him with the Lions are Eric Ebron or TJ Hawkinson. The fact that we take tight ends in the top <laughs> ten is the worst thing for me. We have really bad picks, but yeah, those are my those are my picks. Any of the three tight ends in the first round. We might have to do a show on <laughs> on Lions. What if the, we might have to do a show on the Matt Millen era of uh, of Detroit football? <laughs> Um, so my number two defensive back of all time is uh, Ed Reed. Uh, obviously, for a lot of the reasons you said, just an absolute monster. Played four years in college, uh, four defensive touchdowns, twenty-one interceptions, which I honestly don't think will—I don't think we'll see numbers like that again. Not that, that I don't think that's a record, obviously, but you know, again, you know, it's it's pretty hard. I mean, you start picking the ball off teams that stop throwing you <laughs> your way. I mean, I think Antoine Winfield, his senior year, had like seven, which mm-hmm. felt like ri- that was ridiculous. Um, but obviously the the leader of that team surprisingly had a fair amount of tackles. I mean, you know, they're not uh, they're not like that Boston College linebacker, but, you know, he's got a lot of tackles as well. And, you know, uh, he won the national championship his, uh, his senior year. I don't know if he won it any other time, but I know he won it uh, in 2001. But... Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also crazy to th- a separate discussion, but how how crazy it is that Miami has fallen off this hard. But oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they were they were the shit, and and uh, you know that that's probably the best player in Miami football history, with hands down. Oh yeah. All right. Well, I've said what I had to say on him, anyways. So, but uh, moving to my number one, and I believe you'll have the same number one. I, I think he had probably the best defensive season in 1997, the year of my birth, and I believe your birth, correct? 97. Yes, sir. Uh, he had 16 interceptions at his time at Michigan. He won the Nagaruski, the Bernardic, and the Heisman, the Thorpe, and the Walter Camp in his three years. And that is the man, the myth, the legend, Charles Woodson. Uh, you know, what can you really say about this? I mean, obviously he played, you know, kick returner or whatever, you know, at Michigan. But, man, this guy from his three years in Michigan was just so dominant. I obviously never got the chance to really see him play live. But, you know, hearing stories, I mean, just – he won a Heisman as a defensive player. That's crazy, you know? And so, um, you know, and then him also got into the fact that he had, like, a 20-year career and won a, you know, defensive player of the year in the NFL and, you know, in his, like, 16th year or whatever with Green Bay. But Charles Woodson is the easy number one for me. Yeah, uh, absolutely no shocker that Charles Woodson is, is mine as well. Uh, has a receiving touchdown, like three receiving touchdowns, a handful of rushing touchdowns. I mean, literally did it all. Um, obviously, I have him here because it's the defensive back position. But uh, yeah, again, I, I don't. I, I think it's possible. It's possible that we could see a defensive end win the Heisman uh, in the future. I'd say, I'd say still very rare because I think that there would have to be a, uh, a quarterback who's not a clear-cut guy. Um, and I think Devonta Smith winning the Heisman this year kind of opens it up. Uh, even though that's still obviously an offensive position, I think you know. There's just such a, a running back and quarterback bias, but I legitimately think we will never see a defensive back win the Heisman again. That is so impressive. Just just for that alone, you have you have to give it to him because that that honestly will probably never be replicated. Yeah, '97 was the year Manning was up for it, right? 
right? Yeah, yeah. He, he beat was, out Manning. He, I mean, he beat out a lot of good players, you know, for that award. He beat out Manning, and then who was the guy that was Ryan Leaf? I believe it was. Like he beat out a lot beat out of Mandy Moss. Yeah, exactly. Like beat out a lot. Beat of, out Ricky Williams as exa- well. Exactly. Oh my God. I Look mean, at that list. Yeah, I mean, and that tells. I mean, that just tells you how good of a year he had. Ninety-seven. I mean, no one will ever, unless someone else wins. No one will ever compared to that ninety-seven season for Charles Woodson. I mean, that makes him the probably the best defensive player of all time. I mean, that's just the craziest thing. Um, but, yeah, Charles Woodson, man, that, that's number one, I think, for anybody's list. Anyone that doesn't have him won is just wanting attention. 100%. Like those <laughs> baseball voters who don't put people on their ballots. And it wasn't even close. 431 first-place votes. Manning had 281. So wasn't even wasn't even close. And to be honest, I think he might be – when you combine his college career, so with any player, if you combine their college and pro career, I think that's the best football player of all time. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, like, like I said, he has super. I think he has one Super Bowl, Green Bay. You know, he has the. I think he won everything he had in Green Bay. I think that was the year that they won the Super Bowl, and yeah, he just twenty years of his career with like only two teams too. It's not like he scattered around the league. He was probably the most all-around best football player of all time. No issues off the field. No issues on the field. Like, just a perfect career. You know, and I believe he's an analyst now, if I'm correct. But I mean, just that's just—he's doing it. He loves football. You know, he's best football personality. You know, ever. So, hundred percent. And the thing with him too, kind of like, uh, uh, well, I'll get to that later. But um, you know, moving from corner to safety and probably extending his career by like seven years at the highest level. Mm-hmm. So like, also being totally willing to to you know take that adjustment. Yeah, that is that's impressive. Um, all right, we're going to move here to uh, to linebackers. Who is your number five college linebacker of all time? My number five college linebacker of all time. He had 232 total tackles in his career, 20 and a half sacks, six interceptions, and two Benardic awards out of Penn State, Paul Puzlowski. 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 Yeah, Paul. Yeah. That man... Again, when we talk about the whole bringing back Dad Reed, the leader thing, I mean, this guy, even going into his NFL career, I mean, was just a huge leader. Uh, he, he played the game so smart. He was just a really quiet, good football player, you know, and I, I have him, you know, ranked, uh, you know, fifth for me because of how just consistent he was when you look at his stats through his career. Uh, you know, he, he did it in four years at Penn State. You know, he he also won a Butkus Award in 05. I mean, he, he's just a really decorated well statistically and just a well-rounded player and he comes in at my number five yeah that's a good one i i I saw him on some lists when i was doing research but i didn't really consider it but i mean that's also linebacker you Mm -hmm. as well so exactly yeah that is impressive uh my number five linebacker of all time it's kind of cheating but not really uh didn't really have a position in in college necessarily (laughs) or, or should i say he played defensive line and linebacker but uh von miller Von Miller. I mean, you look at you look at his his stats. I mean, not very impressive his his freshman and, and sophomore year, but you know his junior and senior year, oh, really turned it on. Seventeen sacks in thirteen games, and then ten and a half his uh, uh, his senior year. I mean, obviously he was the second pick in the draft, and uh, you know, I mean that was that was Von Miller might be one of those guys who really like jump started Texas A and M. Not that they mm-hmm. were you know not that they were you know nobody's before Von Miller but I mean you know this is right as they start to become like extremely nationally relevant and obviously uh you know there might be a couple of other players that we talk about you know from <laughs> some of these Texas A&M teams but uh yeah I, I, I Von Miller 
I mean, there's a reason you go second overall. Obviously, a very good pass rusher. So, uh, Von Miller is my number five linebacker of all time. I like that one. Coming in at my number four, this man turns people into chairs. Uh, he had 265 total tackles at his time at Ole Miss. He won a Buckus Award in three years. It is Patrick Willis. Oh, hell yeah. And and this is a big thing. I mean, Willis is, honestly, if I... I if I think he is probably the scariest, other than maybe Ray Lewis for other reasons, but <laughs> like Patrick Willis is probably one of the scariest human beings I've ever seen play the game of football. I mean, he will fold you. At, who was it? Mohammed Modesti, who he folded into a folding, you know, like just a folding chair. Oh, it you was know? it Massacoy? Massacoy. He did the same stuff in college. I mean, just such an intimidating force. You know, he could probably make a quarterback, you know, fumble a running back fumble the ball just by looking at him. You know, you don't want to get hit by Willis. Willis comes in at my number four, no doubt. Uh, three years at Ole Miss, and he was extremely dominant in at Ole Miss. Yeah, well, that's funny because he's my number four linebacker as well I mean he's another guy maybe not to this level but a very high level where you talk about Woodson's college career and pro career I, I Patrick Willis is a top two linebacker of all time for me in in the pros but a monster in college tackling machine also was dirt poor growing <laughs> yeah. up so a really cool story but that honestly I mean yeah I, I think you're safe on the field with Ray, <laughs> with Ray Lewis you know what I mean as long as he's not wearing a white tuxedo but you know Patrick Willis, you know, with the the dark shades and the and the little eye black or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, would not want to see that guy <laughs> no, lined up in man. the mic. All right, no. Uh, coming in at my number three, this is a name that a lot of people forget about because he played for an irrelevant franchise in the NFL, but he did come out of a good school. He spent four years at Ohio State, won a Buckus Award in 07 and a Nagaruski in 06. Uh, he had 374 or 75 total tackles in his four years at Ohio State, and that's James Laronitis. You know, this is another guy. He's, he's not a Patrick Willis. You know, he, he's not even really a Puzz. But when he was in college, you, you know, he was seen as a dominant force. Um, you know, 375 tackles is a lot. You know, especially in four years, he was a really good football player at Ohio State. He stuck out. Um, you know, he comes in at my number three. I, he's just a dominant player. He was able to get to the tackler, and that's what you want out of your linebackers. Uh, I believe that's Minneapolis's own. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, Larry Knight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, or or Eden Prairie or some shit. Yeah, something like that. from Minnesota. Because yeah. I remember he turned down coming here and decided <laughs> to go to the Rams. Uh, my number three linebacker of all time, Derek Johnson, uh, was, was the linebacker for uh, Texas from 2002 to 2004. I believe he was in that, that uh, game against USC. I mean, that, that probably mm-hmm. – I mean – Outside of that Clemson-Alabama national championship a couple of years ago, there's, that, that probably has the most college players of, or uh, oh, yeah. pro players of all time in a college game. Uh, just a monster. 458 tackles uh, during his time at Texas. 281 solo tackles. I mean, the, you talk to any Longhorns fan, and they, they respect that guy. Best linebacker on... I mean, it's a little silly now to say one of the best programs, you know, because mm-hmm. they're just dog shit, you know, the last ever, <laughs> yeah. pretty much ever since this team. But, exactly. you know, back when this team was, back when Texas actually had relevant football, you know, this, this guy was king shit. So, you know, and also had a, an incredible pro career. Oh, definitely. Uh, super underrated. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was the middle linebacker for the Chiefs for like 15 years. Yeah, him and who was the other one? Tom Bahali. Yeah, Tom Bahali. There was like three players on that team where they were together for like 15 years. <laughs> and Justin Houston was yep. there for a while. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> that's, a, that's a scary defense. That's a scary one. 
coming in at my number two when it comes to linebackers. This man played at Boston College, <laughs> won every award possible. Um, he had 532 tackles, 35 and a half from coming for a loss, and uh, he had two interceptions, and that is the recently retired Luke Keekley. Uh, this man, uh, obviously he retired, I believe it what was it, this last year or two years ago? Yeah, 2019. Yeah, 2019. Uh, but, man, when he was healthy, he was he was just crazy good. I believe, you know, playing at Boston College, he, he put up huge numbers. Coming into his NFL career, huge numbers. I mean, every year was just crazy amount. Uh, you know, he comes in at my number two, and he's just – Another one of those scary guys, one of those nice scary guys, you know. He doesn't wear the dark visor or anything, but he doesn't look like he's going to kill you when he hit you across the slot, but he he will. He will. Yeah, that's funny because Luke Keekley is my number two linebacker <laughs> as well. I mean, I, I don't – when you look – and, again, it's separate because it's his pro career. We're not yeah. looking at his pro career here. But, dude, his career tackles, <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure he tackled quite a few people in high school as well. Yeah. Like – uh, probably explains his play style and his amount of tackles probably explains why he's not in the league as a 29-year-old. But good God, I mean, just a guy who will wrap you up. I mean, I think the 158 tackles his freshman year was second in uh, college football, but 191 tackles, that's in 12 games. I mean, oh, man, that's so many tackles. That's so many tackles. I mean, I don't care if he never made it to the league. I would put this guy on my list. Oh, definitely. Because it's, oh, man, that's absolutely ridiculous. 35 and a half tackles for loss, uh, seven interceptions, two defensive touchdowns for whatever that's worth. But, you know, he got drafted ninth overall going to a school that's not even a football school. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now, my number one, no doubt about it, this man could have been the greatest linebacker. He could have been a four-time linebacker of the year. If he just wouldn't have messed, you know, wouldn't have got lost in the sauce. Uh, he comes from Oklahoma. Yeah. He is my favorite player, and that is the Boz. I mean, this man had 26 tackles in one game at one point. He he was just something else. Obviously, his career didn't go the greatest after his first two years, but he had two years. Each year, he won a Butkus Award. This man. You know, obviously, a lot of people have probably seen the documentary, but this man, it, it was just a – he could call whole cities out, like when he called out Texas, and, and win the game for him by himself as a linebacker. I mean, this man was the most dominant linebacker college football had ever seen. Uh, obviously, if he would have stayed four years, he'd probably been the greatest defensive player of all time. But, you know, in his two years, he made a huge impact and made Oklahoma – basically kept Barry Switzer's job for him for as long as they did and you know just the most dominant defensive player of all time when it comes to that linebacker spot well that's a that's a good choice although he did not make my list because uh at number one I got uh, Manti Teo Manti <laughs> Teo is the greatest linebacker of all time at the college level the butt kiss the Bignarik the Lambert Lombardi Nagurski Lott He's the only defensive player in the BCS era to win the Walter Camp and Maxwell. I thought those were quarterback <laughs> awards. I didn't even know that a defensive player could win them, but he won them. He led Notre Dame to that perfect season. Obviously, they got fucking mopped <laughs> in the, in the yeah, national championship That's Notre Dame teams. Yeah, player. but that's Notre Dame. I mean, he's only one player. What could he do? But, you know, he he is the most decorated college linebacker of all time. Every, every single award he won. Second in the Heisman. Uh, and I forget. Well, I can click on it right here. Uh, that was when uh, the boy Johnny Manziel won it that year. That's but, that boy. But he had listen. Manti Teo had 321 first place vote, uh, votes as well. So you know, I mean that's a lot. And again, like I've like I like I've said, Manti Teo 
probably should have won it that year because there's obviously a bias against defensive players. So listen, like I said, if you're even number 10, that's impressive. But when you're number two, that's that's insane. And, you know, obviously his pro career didn't go so hot. And obviously, you know, I don't know about that one lady he was, <laughs> he was claiming. But, you know, when it comes to college football, I mean, good God, that, that guy before that controversy was just a star. He, he was almost on like Tebow level oh, yeah. as a linebacker. So Manti Teo for me is, is the best college linebacker of all time. All right. That moves us to the defensive line, I believe. And this one, this my number five is probably going to not be anywhere near yours, but I thought this was really crazy that he did this in one year. Uh, but he was a first overall pick by the Houston Texans, their first ever, or I think he was their first ever first overall pick, but it's Mario Williams. Now, I came across this guy looking at his career and kind of what he did. This man had 62 tackles in his one year. He had 14 and a half sacks and went first overall in the draft. I thought that was pretty crazy. You know, one year at NC State was able to get him as a first overall pick. I don't know why he only played one year, unless you have insight into that, but one year at NC State, which is what I saw, and I thought that was pretty crazy. So he comes in at my number five. I mean, just being able to do that in one year and go first overall is just unheard of. Yeah, uh, with with my list overall, and there will be a couple of players that I do include, but I I really try to go for the guys who stayed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do have a couple of one year wonders. I mean, I think we probably can guess one of them who wore uh, purple and gold <laughs> is a one year wonder where you have to put them in there. But uh, I really try to go against uh, guys like that. Uh, I like that though. Uh, I have for my number five defensive lineman of all time, uh, Miles Garrett. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a grown man playing playing high schoolers. <laughs> 31 sacks in his three years at Texas A&M, uh, 47 tackles for losses. That was also a guy, too, where it, it shows how much teams respected him, even though it's a little oriented towards his, his pro career. But, like, we we knew that guy was going to be the first pick in the 2017 NFL draft, like, his first year on campus. Like, mm-hmm. they, we knew that that was a guy who was going to be a very high draft pick. And, uh, again, like, you know, 31 sacks is not a, a, a NCAA career record by any means. But I also think, like, you know, because there's guys like Hugh Green who I think have, like, nearly 50 sacks at, at the college level. And it's like, I don't know, it's kind of like Paul Krause and the interceptions. Like, you know, w- when you're looking at just pure stats, sometimes it's, you know, eras change. It's it's pretty hard to get up there. But I think when you look at, you know, like the fear monger or, like, how mm-hmm. much teams had to, had to scheme for Miles Garrett. Also, you know, this was... I mean, this was Texas A&M probably was in the SEC for like a year or two by the time Miles Garrett came in. So again, it wasn't like they were in the Big Twelve yep. or whatever. So uh, you know, in the best conference in college football, I got to go Miles Garrett. Understood. He actually did not make my list, but my number four comes in at a number another first overall pick. He had probably laid the biggest hit ever recorded against a Michigan team. Um, and that is Jadavian Clowney. This man at South Carolina was so dominant. Um, you know, 129 tackles, uh, total tackles. He had 24 sacks. I mean, this guy, I mean, the way he, his, I think it was his junior year, because I think he left after his third year or whatever, but the way he was able to just, his last year, at, you know, you know, uh, South Carolina, he just, he pushed around competition like no problem. And, you know, for him to do what he did, go first overall as a defensive lineman, that's huge. Uh, he was a you know he was a man amongst children playing in South Carolina, so he comes in at my number four spot. I respect it. I respect it. 
my number four defensive lineman of all time may be cheating a little bit because, you know, one of those guys who's a defensive lineman, linebacker, I had no idea who this guy was until like a couple of months ago. So it wasn't just from because mm-hmm. I because I always see him on TV and uh, he, he does a lot of college football uh, stuff. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Because, you know, because every color commentator is a former player. Yep. So I was like, oh, so he must have been a former player. Look this guy up. He was a first-round pick of the Bengals in 2005. Uh, he had a career-ending neck injury. Oh. So it didn't really work out for him in the pros. Uh, but David Pollock. David hmm. Pollock is my number four defensive lineman of all time. Three-time All-American. He's the two-time SEC Player of the Year. Two-time Hendricks Award winner. Bednarik, Lombardi, Lott. He won the first SEC title in two decades for Georgia uh, when, he was, when he was on campus and had 36 sacks. Uh, so I mean that that guy's a monster, and he's he's somebody that no professional, unless you're a, you know a fan of Cincinnati, nobody will know who this guy is because he did nothing in the pros, um, even though he did play a couple of years. So maybe he was just a bust and then had the injury. But you know when it comes to pure what you did in college, I mean David Pollock, I mean uh, he's he, for me he's I have to include him here because he's kind of like Manti Te'o, where it's like every single award that he could win, he just swept the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, never heard of that guy in my entire life in EU of Georgia. But uh, <laughs> either way, uh, coming in at my number three, this is a man who won a national title with LSU. With Also on his side, on the offensive side, was Jamarcus Russell. And that is defensive tackle Glenn Dorsey. Oh, yeah. This man, uh, he won the Outland, Nagaruski, the Lombardi in his three years at LSU. He had 154 tackles, only 13 sacks, but... I mean, what a force, man! He was a huge part of why that defense or that LSU team won the national championship. I mean, he was a first-round draft pick. I think he got drafted by was it Kansas City, I believe it was. Yeah, like third overall. Yeah, something like that. He was just a, such a dominant, a big dominant force. His NFL career didn't pan out the way his college career did, but that man definitely comes in at number three for me. He was a big part of a national championship team. So Glenn Dorsey is number three for me. Wow, wow, that is a deep cut. I like that. I like that. Uh, oh, okay, I just, I'm learning that my list is in uh, an incorrect order. Uh, actually, I don't even think I ordered it, so I might I might just be going in random <laughs> random orders here. But, uh, oh, let's see here. Ah, that's fine. We'll stick with, we'll stick with that. Uh, Chase Young. I'm going to go Chase Young, number three. Uh, he had... And I, I might be getting the order wrong here now that I think about it, but, you know, whatever. Uh, but 16 and a half sacks in 2019, he was missing two games. He should have won the Heisman. Oh, yeah. He should have won the Heisman. There was the big push, you know, defense for Heisman. You know, you, you talk about uh, Woodson being the last guy to win it on the defensive side. That's the, Chase Young is the sole reason why I say potentially if there's someone who can, yep. you know, because Ohio State always seems to have these, you know, guys who come in and just fucking dominate. Um but again, clean cleaned the table, and uh, you know there wasn't a super obvious Heisman that year outside of you know Joe Burrow's incredible incredible season. So you know if Joe Burrow doesn't go off, I mean Chase Young probably wins it even without uh, the two game suspension. But again, a guy who probably should have been the first round, first overall pick if it wasn't for for Joe Burrow, but just a guy who is uh, you know kind of underlooked. And again, it's kind of the weird thing that we talk about where it's like, well. We look at these historical guys who we've seen their entire career play out. You know, where do you put guys who literally just did it? And I think college football has never been better, and there's never been a better pass rusher than uh, Chase Young. I like that pick. I I did not put him. But coming in at my number two is a guy who went to a 
a basketball school and finished 10th in the Heisman voting. He won a Lombardi in 01 and a Ben Nardick in 01. He spent three years in North Carolina, and that is the boy Julius Peppers. This man, I mean, first of all, coming out of a basketball school, doing what he did, and I think also playing basketball at the time that he was playing football, just so dominant. I mean, and it, it runs in. I believe he was like, was he a first overall pick or second overall pick? He was it. Second overall. Yeah, second overall pick. Just so dominant. Um, obviously, when you're a second overall pick at the defensive end, that's huge. And being, you know, 10th in the Heisman, that's also huge. Julius Peppers comes in number two for me, and he had such a great NFL career. Obviously, it doesn't matter in this, but, you know, still, it's just so dominant at a, a basketball school. You know, it'd be like coming out of Duke. You know, if Daniel Jones was good, then, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's what it would be compared to. So, Julius Peppers is number two for me. All right, I can respect it. Uh, this is one of the guys who I've uh, I've not seen play, but every single list and every single uh, you know eyewitness account was somebody I had to put on here, and that's Hugh Green. Didn't know who Hugh Green was, but looked looked more into him. Okay, he played at Pittsburgh, fifty three sacks in college. Whoa. He had double digit sacks every single year. Seventeen his his senior season. He was a seventh pick in the draft by the Buccaneers, probably the creamsicle Buccaneers. <laughs> But, you know, in this era, but he finished second in the Heisman in 1980, which means he probably should have won the Heisman. Uh, actually, definitely looking at George Rogers' stats, probably should have won the, the Heisman. But, I mean, I, I think that's the most sacks in NCAA history for a career. Oh, yeah. So I got to pay some respects to Hugh Green. You know, my my ignorance, you know, does not take away, you know, this guy's career. So we got to get more enlightened. And, I, you know, <laughs> I'm more enlightened. And, you know, Hugh Green comes in at number two. Also... I guess he's listed as a linebacker, but he's also listed as a defensive <laughs> lineman. So, you know, who really knows where he... He was a defensive player. Okay? Defensive player. He was a defensive player. A defensive weapon. I like that one. No idea who that is. Um, my number one is a number, another former Detroit Lions draft pick. Yeah, we're Def- the same one. Defensive tackle out of Nebraska and Adamic and Sue. And, oh, man. Like, I've actually seen this man play, and, you know, he's someone that, like... Every uh, every offensive coordinator was scared to play. I mean, he was just talk about you know men against boys. I mean, he was just the most dominant force. Was a second overall pick. I mean, he won every award possible in '09. I believe he played five years at Nebraska. Was that what it was? Well, he played one game in 2005. So yeah, okay, probably okay. had an injury. Gotcha. Okay, but I mean, either way, I mean, easily the most scary defensive lineman to play the game of football. Uh, I believe, what was it, fourth in the Heisman. Should have been higher. That man, everyone said he should have won the Heisman. I don't know who beat him out, but whoever it was better have been good, but Nadamik and Sue, man, just the most dominant force to come in, especially in the Big Ten, where the Big Ten grows a lot of really good offensive linemen. I mean, those corn-fed guys. I mean, like, a lot of good, uh, you know, most of my list for defensive or offensive linemen are out of the Big Ten. I mean, like, that's the craziest thing. Like, so him doing that in the Big Ten is just absolutely crazy. Nanamik and Sue is definitely number one for me. Absolutely. He's my number one as well. I hate to burst your bubble, but I'm pretty sure Nebraska was in the Big 12 at the time. But uh, Big 12, Big Ten, they're all big. Yeah, they're all big. They're massive. <laughs> and all of the numbers don't mean anything because they don't have the correct number of, of guys. <laughs> but that's crazy. We've agreed on a lot of the top guys. For me, yeah, and Dominic and Sue 
has to be the guy. Won every single award, AP Player of the Year, fourth in the Heisman, which means he should have won it in a landslide. Mm -hmm. Nearly single-handedly won Nebraska the conference championship, uh, especially in the final game of the year. Where it was like 6-9 to or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it almost feels... It almost feels like he was a bust in the NFL just because of how dominant. Obviously, he was really good in the NFL, but yeah. just, oh man, like and like physically, physically, he he, you know, he's like Ashawn Robinson where he looks like a forty-year-old man, you know, when he's nineteen. I mean, that was the guy who was on all those Chrysler commercials or whatever, and he was the savior of Detroit. I mean, just the most dominant defensive, maybe, maybe the most def- dominant defensive player of all time when it comes to, I mean. Every single play, run or pass, like the defensive line's right there. So, you know, <laughs> exactly. he's, he's only a few feet from the quarterback. <laughs> Just a very scary man. And you look at the Heisman voting that year, yeah, he should have won it. We had Mark Ingram, Toby Gerhardt, Colt McCoy, and then Adamic and Sue. I don't know, man. Do you do, do you think Mark Ingram and his 17 touchdowns that year should have won it? I, yeah, I don't know, man. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Mark Ingram, nope. Ew, I like Colt McCoy. He likes to get thrown on his head. I think Toby Guerra was like a fullback in the NFL. He put up Christian McCaffrey stats before Christian McCaffrey was even a thing. I respect that, but yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely the best defensive lineman of oh, all time. Definitely, definitely. So when we move into this next category, I don't have stats. I couldn't find any. Um, I just went off players that I I don't have awards or anything. It's really hard to find for some reason stats for offensive line, but um, like, so I just chose players that I've seen play and you know have heard about, but. My number five for this, and this one is the one where it kind of oriented their NFL career too, just so I could get the right pick, is coming in as the Ravens legend, Marshall Yanda. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. I, I'm just realizing now I didn't even write down what schools these guys went to. Well, he so, went to Iowa. There you go, Iowa. Marshall Yanda, he is on my number five on the list, and that's kind of the only explanation I can give. Oh, that's a perfect Offense, explanation. Let me just say, offensive line was very boring to do. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think I have a better, I have some more solid reason than somebody's name, but yeah, it, it is tough to do. Uh, number five, a guy who's still in college, I got to put him on there, Penny Sewell. Oh, yeah. The left tackle for Oregon. Uh, Outland trophy winner, Morris winner, All American. He was an immediate true freshman starter. This is the stat that I had to put him on here. In 678 pass block snaps in his two and a half, three years at uh, Oregon, only one sack allowed. <laughs> only one sack allowed in uh, 2,300 snaps overall. Obviously, some of those are run plays, but I mean, <laughs> that's dude, still a pretty crazy stat. Your job is to protect the quarterback, and you only give up one sack. I mean, I know he's still in college, and he's definitely not coming back because he's going to the draft, and he will be a very high draft pick. But Penny Sewell, I mean, that's insane. I think that re- is that a record. I don't, I don't think I, don't, that, I think the guy number one on my list holds that record. Yeah, I don't think it's a record. It's just a, a super yeah. crazy stat. Yeah, because I, I believe my guy, who's number one, never let a single sack up in his career. Yeah, well, we can get to that later. <laughs> but yeah, coming into number four for me, and this is that boy. I mean, obviously, like you're you're into this, you know, stuff where it find it. Quentin Nelson at Notre Dame. Yeah. That is my boy. I don't care what anyone says. That man ran, can run a 420 with how fast he goes because he is a big guy. He is a big man, very dominant offensive lineman. Obviously got drafted by the Colts and has turned his career into something. Quentin Nelson comes in at number four for me, no doubt. I respect that because Notre Dame historically has had good offensive linemen. Obviously, he's the best offensive lineman in the, in the league right now. But he also was the fifth overall pick as a guard 
Yeah. Not exactly. as a tackle. Not exactly. as a tackle, but as that a is guard. Absolutely crazy. That does not happen. And he should have been the first overall pick that year. He was the best, he was <laughs> right. the best player on the line. Exactly. I love it. Uh, my number four is uh, Luke Jokel. Oh, Luke, Luke Jokel. He was the second uh, overall pick. He was an Outland Trophy winner. Obviously very good, but he was Johnny's tackle. He was the left true. tackle on the best offense of the time with, with the best, well, one of the best quarterbacks in that era. You know, obviously there's yeah. pretty good quarterbacks in that era. But Luke Jokel, I mean, listen, you know, there's a lot of good tackles for bullshit offenses in the fucking Mac. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what did you win? <laughs> what did you win? What big games did you play in? Luke Jokel. Luke Jokel. He, his NFL career was really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't go so well. Jacksonville's oh, regretting that one. I like that pick. My number three is a Michigan man. I got two Michigan men on this on this list. He is a very big man. He is a left tackle for the Tennessee Titans, and that is Taylor Luan. That man was extremely dominant at Michigan. He was a a beast, really. And uh, you know he's turned it into something. You know, he was a first round draft pick. Uh, he you know really dominant left tackle. I respect it. I also have a Michigan man at number three, but it's Jake Long. Ooh. That guy was the first overall pick as a tackle, two-time All-American, freshman All-American, two-time Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year. And that, I'm pretty sure, well, I suppose I can, if I if I was, you know, a, a good radio host, I'd probably look this up. <laughs> but, like, so he played in the Big Ten, so he played against some pretty good tackles. Uh, and uh, he won that award at the same time that Joe Thomas was Ooh. also at Wisconsin. So, I mean, that tells you, again, you know, the, the career didn't go super... It was pretty good for a condensed period, but, uh, you know, obviously injuries kind of derailed him, and then, you yep. know, he's getting signed for a couple of nickels with the Vikings. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Jake Long, absolute stud. Well, I can be quick on my two here because my number two is Jake Long. Jake Long is my number two. Everything you just said, I didn't know that stuff, so I learned something new today. But Jake Long, mostly because he was a first overall draft pick. See, I, I come prepared, but I'm compared in different ways. Owen over here is the statistics man, no doubt. But yeah, Jake Long comes in at number two for me. I respect it. My number two is Bryant McKinney. Oh boy! And I don't really have any any stats. <laughs> uh, I think I might have a couple awards. Obviously, you know, if you're top five, you got a bunch of awards. You know, uh, he was 23 and one at Miami. BCS champ. Uh, he was top 10 in the Heisman ballot. He's the only <laughs> offensive lineman to do so in the BCF, BCS era. So, again, like I said, I prioritize people who have never done something before. I mean, an offensive tackle was, was up for Heisman. Now, he came nowhere fucking near winning it. <laughs> Still, that that's was, crazy. But that was a gross year because, you know, Eric Crouch, Rex oh. Grossman. Ew. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of gross. So maybe he should have won it, but, you Rex know. Rex Grossman went to a Super Bowl. and That's the Bears' best quarterback. Yeah, he did. Joey <laughs> Harrington's the best Lions quarterback of all time. Uh, I don't know. John Kittner was pretty good. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's my boy. But he played for a lot of teams. Or Dan Orvolsky. And then I just want to say, I guarantee guarantee we have the same number one. Oh, there's no way we don't this man if i'm correct i swear i heard this this man didn't let up a single sack in his entire college career and that is orlando pace i i swear i saw somewhere that he first of all didn't miss a single game of his entire college career and i believe he never let up a single sack if i if i recall correctly that was the big stat about him it just so dominant especially at ohio state of all schools he is just so good. He even had a really good NFL career, but that man was something else in college. I mean, no doubt number one on anybody's list. 
100%. For me, it's Orlando Pace. I mean, uh, first overall pick. Uh, he uh, was the two-time Big Ten Offensive Lineman of the Year, but I think perhaps more impressively, he was the Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Not only that, he was the Big Ten MVP <laughs> as a tackle. The MVP of, of the Big Ten was a tackle. And also, obviously, I mean, he was the guy who invented the pancake pancake block. Yep. He invented the pancake. <laughs> I mean, he was doing it so regularly that, that he, he invented the pancake. I mean, if you invent, I mean, what other stat do we go? I guess sacks allowed. I but, guess. You know, but that's that's the that's the touchdown play for <laughs> offensive linemen, you know what I mean? Like, so Orlando Pace, I mean, the best yeah. offensive lineman to ever do it. No doubt. And now going into... Oh, the, this is a fun one. I got a fullback tight end, and I'll be honest with you, most of my... Uh, most of them are all of them are tight ends. I, I'm not looking up fullbacks. I'm not that committed to the job, I guess you would say. But uh, my number five tight end, and it's just because he has 16.6 yards per catch. He spent two years at Miami. He's a current Cleveland Brown, I think, still. Is David Njoku. The man had leap. He was a big guy. He had 1,060 yards in two years and only nine touchdowns. Really hard to find tight ends with more than nine or ten touchdowns. But he comes in at my number five just because of the gaudy average per catch i respect it this is my only guy from, from the 1940s <laughs> but my number five tight end of all time is leon hart all right tell leon me about hart. leon hart well he was the last tight end to win the heisman oh all right so he won the heisman in 1949 let's see who he, he beat in 1949 he beat uh he beat Dolk walker okay he, i don't know how that works but he beat bob williams oh minnesota offensive lineman cliff oh. tonemaker so you know that's that's impressive. He's the last tight end to do it. Uh, you know his, his stats weren't very good, obviously, <laughs> but he was a three-time national champion at Notre Dame. Right. Okay, he's a two-time All-American. Won the Maxwell, and this I did, I learned this. He was the first overall pick in the 1950 NFL draft by the Detroit Lions. So oh. they have a long history of drafting tight ends very high. But listen, if you're the last guy to win the best award award in in the league, I mean, this guy could be. Oh wow, he was 6'5", 257. So he probably would have been good today. It's not like he was a five seven tight end. So I feel even better about this pick. I just like that the Lions took him first overall. I like that. They sure did. He was a it's he was a, a rich pro history. <laughs> how about and how about this? Uh, he was a three time NFL champion with the Lions. So oh, he wow. won a lot. He was a big game guy. Oh, three national well, championships, three three Super Bowls, or whatever the fuck they called him back then. <laughs> ah, he's the, this, this guy. This guy's oh dominant. man, Leon Hart. I might get a jersey of him. Oh, man. My number four is that boy. He is one of the more most athletic tight ends I've ever seen in my entire life. Comes out of the tight end U, Iowa, and he plays for my Detroit Lions oh, where he's going to waste 15 years of his career. <laughs> and that is TJ Hawkinson. He won the John Mackey his last year. Um, at, in his two years at Iowa, he had 1,084 yards and 10 touchdowns. He averaged 14.8 yards a, carry, or a catch, which is pretty crazy considering that Noah Fant was on the other side of him. Uh, so TJ Hawkinson was obviously the best of the two, um, and so Hawkinson comes in at number four for me. No doubt about it. I respect it. Restore I respect the roar. It. Yeah, well, that's never going to happen. Maybe if they move. Uh, my number four tight end of all time is uh, Jermaine Gresham. Woohoo! Because uh, he put up some pretty good numbers for a tight end. Because as you, I'm sure you know, looking this up, uh, a good season for a tight end is like 300 yards and three touchdowns. So Jermaine Gresham, his senior year or his, his sophomore year at Oklahoma, 
500 uh, receiving yards, 11 touchdowns his junior year, nearly 1,000 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns, and he played in some big games at Oklahoma because that was uh, that was uh, the, the, the same era? time. Uh, yeah, I believe Jason White into Sam Bradford. Um, actually, shit, Josh Josh Hoople might have been uh, the quarterback in there as well. But they had a bunch of different quarterbacks that were pretty good. But also Adrian Peterson was there, so that offense was just booming, booming, mm-hmm. booming sooner. Jermaine Gresham. All right, Jermaine Gresham. But my number three, the party animal, the WWE champion, yeah. the the man who threatened retirement to join my team. He had 1,197 yards, 16 touchdowns, and 16 yards a catch. Went to the greatest party school in the world, and that is Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski, I mean, he won no awards. He didn't even have that great of stats, but it's Rob Gronkowski. This man, this man is a myth, a legend. He will go in the history books as the greatest football player of all time. I promise you, just because of who he is. That is that man, Rob Gronkowski, is number three for me. A little bit of a bias, but that's okay. Wow, we I like it. Well, that's a good that's a good tie-in for me because I I chose at number three his teammate with the Patriots, uh, Aaron Hernandez. I saw that one, but wasn't gonna do that. Aaron Hernandez. Uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, he's uh, famous. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away. Well, I'm not gonna say unfortunately, but he passed away in 2017. Uh, might have been hit in the head a few too many times. You know, he's the subject of a lot of documentaries these days. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Tight end was hard to pick, and you know, this was this guy was the go-to target for Tim Tebow. Uh, obviously, a fucking scumbag. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> Outside, probably more than that. Probably doesn't do it justice. Uh, yeah, obviously, way more than a scumbag. But uh, yeah, he's the number three college tight end of all time. Uh, I disavow this man. I uh, <laughs> dude, I kept him off my list completely. Yeah, <laughs> well, I got some interesting people on my list, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, tight end is such a, a dude, rough position yep. to pick. My number two is a guy you said is your number four. I think you said it, Jermaine Gresham. I'm not going to repeat his stats. Uh, Jermaine Gresham at Oklahoma was a really good football player, and I'm pretty sure we'll both have the same number one. But I am interested to see who your number two is. Well, my number two is Kyle Pitts. Oh yeah, recently Kyle yep. Pitts. He's tenth in the Heisman. Put up pretty big stats this year, 12 receiving touchdowns. You know, really only had one good year. But uh, the reason I put him on there is uh, he's he's the best tight end I've ever seen that play is college. True. And that I, is don't, true. I don't pretend to be someone who's seen every single college game ever. But, you know, for, for my money, from what I've seen, I've never seen a more dominant. I mean, I don't think Kyle Trask is that good. I, you know, <laughs> no, he, he is good, not. He had a lot of good weapons like Kadarius Tony, but I think the best of all of his weapons were Kyle Pitts. And I've... I actually think it's crazy that Kyle Pitts is lower in the Heisman voting than Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask is, I mean, Kyle, yeah, Kyle Trask. There we go. Sorry, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. When when's the last time a Florida quarterback was any good ever in the NFL? Think about it. I don't think Kyle Trask is that great Next of a football. Grossman. Exactly. Tebow fizzled out. Uh, who was the guy before Tebow who is in a lot of trouble these days? Oh shoot, I forget. His name. <laughs> yeah, I forget his name. Chris, but. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Florida quarterbacks, Florida sports. The Florida Gators, the only reason you guys won that national is because you had the greatest college coach ever, and that was Urban Meyer. There's no other reason. I don't care. But, yeah. So that was your number two. Now, my number one, I think we'll both have the same. He is from 
one of the worst colleges. Oh, no. no. Worst colleges not. ever. One and of that, the best colleges of all time. <laughs> and that is, out of his alma mater, the mailman's alma mater, it is Chase Kaufman. Yeah. And now, let me tell you guys something. Didn't know who this guy was. And, and as I say it now, I think that maybe he was the best tight end or he was maybe one of the worst. Because he spent four years at Mizzou. I ran into an issue where I only saw tight end stay like one or two years, but he stayed four years at Mizzou, almost put up 3,000 yards, had 30 touchdowns, won a Mackey in his four years at Mizzou. I mean, I, you probably know this, man. You probably own the fan page, but did he ever get drafted? He sure did. He did was he? a third-round pick by the Bengals. Uh, very nice. Spent eight years in the in the pros. No kidding. Was he a long snapper? Was that what you said he went to? I thought, I think I'm thinking of someone else. Oh, okay. I've never heard of this man, but... From every list I saw, he was number one. I mean, ESPN, CBS, like any any list, I, I saw he was number one. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think 2008 or 2009. Okay, it wasn't – I think it might have been 2009. So he was – Mizzou was really fucking good at football in, in the Big 12. And that was – Gary Pinkle was their coach. I think 2009 was the magical year where they uh, – they were like fourth in the nation, mm-hmm. uh, and they smoked the Kansas Jayhawks team. The last time they were ever good, they were like number four. It was one of the best college football games of all time. It had like, um, oh shoot, Deshaun Jackson didn't play at Mizzou, did he? Deshaun Jackson. Who am I thinking of? Uh Darrell Green Beckham. No, no, that's way before his time. <laughs> I don't but know. I, but for oh Jeremy Macklin, that's who it was. My bad, oh, Jeremy Macklin. Gotcha. Like Jeremy Macklin was on that team. Uh, I think Chase Daniel was his, was uh, Kaufman's quarterback for the majority of his, his uh, last handful of years there. But, I mean, statistically, statistically, you know, one of the – honestly, probably the best uh, tight end of all time. Tight ends just don't put up numbers, 30 receiving touchdowns, uh, t- uh, 2,700 receiving yards. I mean, just a force, just a force, absolutely ripping up Faroe Field. You know, just a stud, a stud. He was so dominant, he had to stay for his senior year, you know, just to, <laughs> just, just to get more touchdowns and, you know, just a Mizzou, a Mizzou legend. All right. Now, we move into the most fun positions, wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. And nine number 10 wide receivers, another former Lions player. He played for the Cowboys. He went to the University of Texas. Can you guess who it is? He it's had Roy Williams. It is Roy Williams Jr., he is number 10 on my list. That man had 4,000 receiving yards, almost 40 touchdowns in four years. The man, 1,000-yard year every year. He was a great receiver. Uh, he is my number 10. He is definitely my number 10. I believe his – I don't even know who his quarterback would be in Texas back then, but either way, a really good wide receiver out of Texas. Yeah, I would have no idea. Dude, I couldn't th- – I was going to say Colt McCoy, but he was way before Colt McCoy. When, wait, when was he drafted again? Oh, man, I don't remember. It was before Calvin. He was in the league like... Maybe it was Chris Sims. It could have been Chris Sims, man. It was a while ago because he was like five years in with Calvin and then got traded the Calvin's second year because he didn't like being a number two option. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's being a number zero option. <laughs> uh, my number 10 wide receiver of all time is a tie. Uh, between Justin Hardy and Zay Jones because I saw that one. they yeah. are the same player in my mind. They came from the same school and the same system, basically at the same time. So a lot of it's just offense, but you got to pay them respects. Uh, yeah, what was it? Justin Hardy when he left college, I think he's second of all, I think I think he's second all time right now in in uh, receptions at 387, 114 his junior year, 121 his senior year as East Carolina went to the American. 
35 touchdowns. I mean, just a stud. Fourth round pick by the Falcons. Did not work out. Did not work out. <laughs> and then I also have Zay Jones, who was nah. a he was a worse player, but he broke the reception record because he had more uh, sustained success. 399 receptions. But the reason I have him on here, obviously because of that, is he has uh, uh, the most receptions in a single season with 158 his senior year in 2016 for 1,746 yards, eight touchdowns. So he had 23 touchdowns overall, uh, you know, 12 less than Hardy. I think Hardy was the better overall wide receiver, but uh, that senior year is uh, impressive. It's it's in the record book, so I got to put him on here. He he should have quit football after his senior year, though. That's all I'm gonna say. But well, I don't think he. I don't think getting tackled 399 <laughs> times did him any favors, you know, upstairs. Oh, I hope for the like the kindness of his heart that he just retires from football. He's still kicking around. Yeah, my number nine. He was the go-to man for my boy Johnny Football. Played for Texas A&M in two years. Had almost he had almost 3,000 yards in two years. And he had 17 touchdowns, and that is a man amongst children. Mike Evans. This dude, I, I remember just one play in general where he caught a short pass from Manziel and just bodied the corner. I mean, just pushed him away like he was nothing, like he was, you know, just a little bit of lint on his shoulder. But Mike Evans is number nine for me. I mean, he he was Manziel's number one target. Obviously, that whole A&M offense was just unreal. They had, like, four uh, NFL running backs, and they had, like, three or four NFL receivers. But... I mean, in two years, he almost had, you know, he had 2,500 yards. I mean, that's unreal. He was the number one target for a very good team. He comes in at number nine for me. Yeah, I respect that. Now, honestly, I think Mike Evans is the reason, you know, because things are a little smaller and faster in college. I think guys like Mike Evans are the reason why there's no good tight ends mm-hmm. because Mike Evans is just as big as a college tight end. But <laughs> exactly. it's just, we, we play him at, you know, the worst we'll get is inline wide receiver. <laughs> exactly. But I respect that. My number nine wide receiver of all time is uh, Tim Brown. Ah. Tim Brown again. Stats are not going to blow you away. Uh, you know, not not you know, maybe not the best receiver out there when you look at his stats. But he did win the Heisman. He did win the he did Heisman. Win the Heisman. And that's very very rare. Uh, you know, I guess well now uh, because of a guy who maybe we'll get to at some point. But now he's the third to last wide receiver to win the Heisman. Uh, but that's that's still very impressive. Obviously, it was very good on kick returns and punt returns. Had uh, six total touchdowns uh, with that. But again, uh, much better pro receiver than he was in college, even though he won the Heisman, uh, just because his stats were not good <laughs> yep. in college. But, you know, you win the Heisman, I'm going to put you on here. That's why he's at nine and not yep. at, you know, number three or something like that. I respect that pick because I believe he was – Tim Brown was a lion, I believe, right? Was he the lion? He was a Los Angeles and Oakland Raider and a Buccaneer. Oh, okay. Never mind then. Um, my number eight is actually a very recent guy. He currently plays for the Dallas Cowboys. He spent three years at Alabama, won the Blitnikoff in 2014. 3,500 yards with 31 touchdowns, and that is a Mari Cooper. Uh, this man was something else in college. I mean, just off some video game stats here, I mean, that man as a sophomore after his first year was a 93 overall. I mean, he was just an extremely good wide receiver. Obviously, he was wasted in Oakland in the beginning there. And it's turned around in Dallas. But, yeah, Amari Cooper is definitely my number eight. I have quite a few. I, I have maybe another couple few Alabama receivers. But Alabama knows how to produce. And Amari Cooper is on that list for me. He comes in at number eight. I, re- I respect that. I respect that. 
Uh, my number eight is uh, Ryan Broyles. Nice. A man who you're probably familiar with because he uh, <laughs> flamed out of the league in two years with Detroit. Uh, he's a small guy. He's five foot ten, 188 pounds. Didn't really work out in the pros, but uh, at college, I mean, this this guy probably should be ranked even higher. Uh, he's third all time in catches, yards, and uh, you know, just had a a very special, very special 2010 season uh, where he had 131 receptions, which was a record at the time. 1600 receiving yards and 14 touchdowns, 45 total touchdowns. Or receiving touchdowns, excuse me, 46 from scrimmage. Uh, you know, just the epitome of uh, a player who was built for college and uh, not exactly built for the pros. Although, props to him because, what is it, he was drafted in 2012. I think he retired, or not retired, but uh, flamed out by 2014. He, he was on an XFL roster mm-hmm. last year. So, you know, still he's still out there and, and, and kicking. He was on the team with uh, Titus Young. Uh, yeah. yeah, another very good wide receiver. <laughs> that receiving core then was uh, Kelvin Johnson, Titus Young, Brian Broyles, I think it was. and um, Burleson might have been there. Burleson was there. He was the number two option, and there was one more. He was a kick returner for a long time. But either way, my number seven is a man Yeah, mo- a lot of people know about because he holds a huge record. He comes out of Rice. He <laughs> is a white Rice wide receiver four years there. 4,000 receiving yards, 60 touchdowns. He won no real awards other than in his uh, conference, but that is Jared Dillard. I put him on the list because, I mean, 60 touchdowns is pretty crazy. Like, I have one other guy on my list who even hit 50, and for him to hit 60 is just absolutely unreal. So Jared Dillard easily is on my list as number seven. Uh, That's all I really know about him is he holds that record, which is, hey, he holds a record. Well, I would bet I have the other guy who you're talking about. Uh, Corey Davis is my number seven. Uh, He was the uh, career receiving yards leader. Very consistent. He had, I mean, it took him a little while his freshman year, but sophomore through senior year, there was no, you know, there was no Barry Sanders year where he just got all the stats in one year. It was very consistent. He was rowing the boat for P.J. Fleck. Mm -hmm. Oh, he was, yeah. His his rookie, or his uh, freshman year probably was uh, Fleck's first year where they went 1-11. Uh, Zach Terrell was his quarterback. That's completely irrelevant, but just uh, something that I remember. Uh, but, yeah, 19 touchdowns uh, his, his senior year. And uh, the reason I choose him, spoiler alert, Dillard's not on my list. Uh, but the reason why I choose him over Dillard is because, you know, at least he did it at Western Michigan, who <laughs> who did go to some bowl games. Like, I think 2016 might have been the year they played Wisconsin uh, in, in that bowl game. So, at least... It was a Mac team. We love yep. Maction, but at least it was a team that actually it wasn't meaningless. They were, you know, <laughs> ranked and you know winning some games. Yep, I gotcha. Know. So uh, Corey Davis, I mean, you put up you put up numbers like that. 331 receptions as well, which you know not too shabby either. I mean, v- very good. Not so good in the pros. Not so good in the pros, <laughs> but college, very good. Man, uh, yep. Yeah, my, my number six, Corey Davis. He is my number six. So we'll just kind of head right over to your number six, since you just said all you need to say about Corey Davis. All right, my number six is a goat, Randy Moss. Randy Moss. Uh, 174 receptions, 3,500 receiving yards, and 54 touchdowns in two seasons at Marshall. I mean, he single-handedly made Chad Pennington's career. Chad Pennington would be a (laughs) CFL player, not a first-round pick if it wasn't for Randy Moss. I mean, I know it was at Marshall. But we know he would have done it. He would have done the same thing if he was at Notre Dame or Florida State or whatever. Too better, yeah. yeah, probably even better because he would have better players. But you know what I mean. That that one 
that that one I'm a, I'm a little biased because we know how his pro career turned out. But I, I, in my defense, we, his pro career justified that he was such a good college player. It wasn't just you know, well, he went undrafted and he never went with a team. It was just you know he had some crazy success at Marshall. No, it was like he was he was getting those numbers for a reason. They were not empty numbers. Mm-hmm. Well, with that one, my number five is Randy Moss. So oh, oh, you will give you. We need to hear your number five. Who cracks in top five for the mailman? Randy Moss, obviously. <laughs> He had horse legs. I mean, like, when you saw him run, I don't know if you've ever seen that video at Marshall where he has, like, the tape up his legs or whatever, but he looks like, uh, what are those horses from, like, the Budweiser commercials? Oh, man. You know what I'm talking Clydesdales. about? Yeah, Clydesdale. Like, his legs are moving so fast. It looks like Clydesdale legs. Randy Moss, hands down, is number f- uh, number five for me, and I'm excited to hear who your number five is because he's probably on my list because I'm, I'm thinking that the remainder of our five are the same, just in different category or in order. Yeah, I would think so. I think so. Uh, so my number five is uh, Justin Blackman. Ooh-hoo. Uh, this was a guy, his, his again, much like Randy Moss, made another man's career. Brandon <laughs> Whedon was a fucking 28-year-old college player and became a first-round pick because of Justin Blackman. Uh, he had 111 receptions his junior year for uh, nearly 1,800 yards, 20 touchdowns. His junior year, 122 receptions, 1,500 yards, 18 touchdowns. I mean, I understand it's the Big 12, so it's the you know it's pass first, but I mean that is insane. Just a monster, a big guy. He's like six three, like two twenty. Uh, obviously, was the fifth pick in the draft. Finished uh, fifth in Heisman in uh, twenty ten. I mean, there were some pretty good players that year, so I'm not saying he should have won it. Although he did get one first place vote out of you know whatever I don't know 1500 that they give. But you know, Justin Blackman's a monster. Obviously, you know. After his uh, after his senior year, didn't really see him so much. <laughs> didn't really see him so much. But you know, this guy also a two-time Bolitnikov winner, yep. uh, which pretty much anybody higher than number five on my list won the Bolitnikov multiple times. <laughs> and and generally, generally, I know that this is translating to the NFL, so it's kind of irrelevant. But generally, the players who win the Bolitnikov like actually do translate very yeah. well to the NFL. It's not like other awards. Yep. Well, my number four is a Minnesota-born man. He is the greatest wide receiver in NFL history and the number four greatest receiver in college football history. Won a Bolitnikoff in 03, a Walter Camp in 03, had 2,600 total all-purpose yards. I should add that. When I say yards, I added up their receiving, their kick return, their rushing, everything. So 2,600 all-purpose yards and 34 touchdowns, and that is Larry Fitzgerald. And he definitely comes in number four for me. I mean... Played at Pittsburgh of all schools, for one. I mean, people like Tom Savage come out of Pittsburgh. Obviously, Aaron Donald comes up, but, like, no one comes out of Pittsburgh. But, um, yeah, Larry Fitzgerald is definitely number four for me, no doubt about it. Uh, he's a little bit better than Randy Moss, a little bit of a bias uh, in the sense that, you know, Fitz had a better year and his, you know, whatever. But, yep, Fitz is number four for me. I love that because my number four is also Larry Fitzgerald. Who? I mean, yeah, I mean, you said everything. A Minnesota guy. I mean, if again, you know, I, I, I don't – if I had to pick one receiver to go through his entire career, it would be Larry Fitzgerald. Never did anything wrong. Nope. Crazy numbers, 22 touchdown uh, touchdown catches his uh, his sophomore year because he came out as a, as a redshirt sophomore. Also, damn near won the Heisman. He was mm-hmm. second in Heisman voting in 2003. Let's see what bullshit was going on here. Yeah, Jason White, get the fuck out of here. Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> should have won that. Eli Manning, get out of here. Darren Sproles, disgusting. You know, Larry Fitzgerald should have won the Heisman that year. 
Uh, and uh, I mean, he was only 60 first place votes away from uh, from winning, winning it. it. Yep. Uh, and I mean, I, I I could go on forever about Larry Fitzgerald, but you know, he's he's really just as good of a college player as he was a, a, a pro player. Yep. And we'll just go right to your number three because my number three is Justin Blackman. I mean, that man, obviously Kelvin Johnson was in the league. That is who he was compared to. Justin Blackman was compared to Kelvin Johnson and being able to do what Kelvin Johnson did. And I mean, that's just absolutely crazy. I mean, Justin Blackman was a monster. He made football look effortless. I mean, the way he would catch the ball on people is just, just grab it with one hand like this, and it would just be the end of it. So Blackman is my number three. And... Over to you now, mailman. Absolutely. Well, and I think Justin Blackman is still technically under contract with he the is. Jaguars. He's just been suspended for like eight years. <laughs> so, and he's only 30. Yeah, he's not old. He was very, very young. He was born in 1990. Um, let's see. My number three is uh, Desmond Howard, the, the last wide receiver to win a Heisman outside of this year with Devonta Smith. I do have him on my list, but not as a receiver. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because yeah, obviously he's a very versatile player. Obviously, was a very good kick returner, punt returner. You know, did did everything. But specifically with the receiving stats, I found this crazy. And you know me, like obviously have a bias towards yep. you know more current players. Nineteen receiving touchdowns in nineteen ninety one. So you know, it's not like you know that's why you know I have Tim Brown at nine and then Desmond Howard higher. You know, the two guys to win the wide wide receiver, or the Heisman as a wide receiver. Because this guy actually did put up good stats. I mean, Tim yeah. Brown, you know, whatever. We have a courtesy. We're courtesy putting you on this list. But, you know, Desmond Howard is legitimately a, a very good wide receiver. So, got to put him on there. And I like him on, on uh, game day as well. That is true. Uh, I like the number three. Like I said, he's on my uh, other list, which, funny enough, a lot of Michigan players are on my uh, other list, which is kind of funny. But um, my number two comes in at a guy who won the Bliknikoff in 06. Went to a technical college for some reason. And uh, he had almost 3,000 yards in three years, 29 TDs, a 6'5", majestic man. And that is Calvin Johnson Jr., or Senior, Junior, whatever. Oh, man. I mean, he came out of Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech, you heard that right. They're only good in the football, the game, NCAA football. But he came out of Georgia Tech and was already NFL ready by his sophomore year. I mean, the man was so dominant. You know, putting up crazy stats like that with, at Georgia Tech is just unreal. Uh, so he comes in at my number two, no doubt about it. Calvin, easily the number two of all time. And he would have been number one if it wasn't for this last season. Yeah, and that, I wonder why he chose to go to Georgia Tech and not I, like Georgia. I've actually seen videos on why, because I'm a huge fan of Calvin Johnson, but his mom and dad wanted him to go to like a – they didn't want him to play football. They wanted him – because he, he was an extremely smart dude, like – he could have went to like Harvard, Yale's, and stuff, but so he chose that school because it was a technical school, it was a better school than like Georgia and stuff like that. So that's why he went there. His parents helped him choose that. So that's why he went to Georgia Tech over other schools because I believe he got. I mean, he got offers from everywhere, but I believe he was going to even go to like, I think it was like, like you said, Georgia or something like that. But he could have went to any school, but he chose that because of his family. Yeah, and I, I think he's probably the number one NFL wide receiver of uh, of all time. All time. Yeah. Yeah. Think uh, he'll get into the Hall of Fame this year? Oh, he fucking better. <laughs> or we riot. Cause <laughs> we riot. Fucking... Be storming the NFL's headquarters. Oh, man. If he doesn't <laughs> get in, dude, oh, that criminal. But you know they're going to throw out, like, oh, he's 76th all time in career touchdowns or whatever. Uh, my number two wide receiver of all time is uh, a recent one. It's Devonta Smith. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, he just won the Heisman as a wide receiver. I don't think that'll be done for a long time. Uh, I don't think it's impossible because I think when you do it, that kind of opens it for, you know, other guys. Uh, but, you know, what is it? He broke – I, th- I think Desmond Howard did it in 91, so he broke it like a 30-year yeah. stretch of people not doing it. I mean – it's Alabama, so his freshman and sophomore year, I'm not really going to talk about because obviously dude, he's yeah. sitting behind so many pro yeah. <laughs> wide receivers. Junior year, very good. And like his junior year, like sitting behind, not sitting because he's playing, but uh, you know, behind like Henry Ruggs and like Jerry all of these Judy. guys, Jerry Judy, and he still put up 14 touchdowns, 1,300 receiving yards this year, 20 touchdowns, uh, over 1,600 uh, receiving yards. And just when you watch him play, I think he's one of the most dominant. Second, second most dominant wide receiver of all time it's ridiculous you know getting hurt hurting his back coming back scoring touchdowns had like three touchdowns in that game against uh notre dame they could not stop him they were double teaming him the slim reaper yeah which doesn't really make sense because he's 6'1 175 i would have figured he was either taller or skinnier uh but he is very slim but uh devonta smith i mean i don't know if he'll work out in the pros because you might want to put on 20 pounds but man is he a dominant college wide receiver Oh, yeah, and he comes in my number one. So, I mean, we can just head right into your number one. Devontae Smith, man, unreal. I think he edges out Calvin just because obviously he was at a better school than Calvin, but, I mean, he just did so much with so much around him. I mean, even this year, who's the other who's the other receiver for uh, Alabama? Uh, they got uh, John Mechie. Yeah, th- isn't there another one? I- I- either way. Oh, Jalen Waddle. Yeah, Jalen Waddle. I mean, he still has players around him, so it's like – Devontae Smith was able to do these big stats behind Judy, behind Ruggs, behind NFL core. He was able to do that, so that's why he takes – he's the greatest wide receiver of all time for me. So, no doubt about it. I respect it. Mine is probably going to come as a shock to you, but my number one is Michael Crabtree. I, I can understand that. Michael Crabtree is my number one wide receiver of all time uh, in college. Played at that air raid system, played with uh, Graham Harrell, Packers legend. Not as much of a legend as Ingle Martin. I got to ask you, is Graham Harrell on your quarterback list? Fuck no. <laughs> He's definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Set the uh, NCAA single-season record for receiving yards, uh, catches, and touchdowns in uh, 2007, where he had 134 receptions, nearly 2,000 receiving yards, and 22 touchdowns. He only played two years there. So I think he redshirted his first year, came out of the draft, went uh, 10th overall, uh, in 2009, but in two seasons, 41 touchdowns. I mean, I don't, th- I don't think there's been a more dominant wide receiver. Obviously, you know, it, it helps a lot that he played at uh, yeah. Texas, Texas Tech, and played, you know, in the Big 12 where it's pass heavy. But I don't really fault him for, you know, choosing the correct conference for his play style. That's and true. That's finished true. fifth in, in Heisman voting in 2008. Uh, I mean, Sam Bradford had a pretty good year, so I'm not going to say he should have won it. But the fact that Graham Harrell was four and he was five. The way around, because one of those one of those two made the other one, not uh, not the other way around. Gotcha. Now, I kept him out just because of where he played. I guess I'm I don't like Texas Tech, so you know. But moving on to the running backs, I have a number ten that is definitely not going to be on your list, and probably wouldn't be on anybody else's list. But it is a guy who has a crazy backstory with how much with how small he was. He turned into a great NFL career, but that is number ten out of Kansas State. Played four years, had almost 6,000 total purpose yards and 48 touchdowns. That's Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles, I mean, I've heard stories, you know, he was obviously, everyone told him he was too small to play, everything like that. But, I mean, putting up nearly 6,000 yards at Kansas State as a running back, unheard of. So, 
you know, Darren Sproles is definitely my number 10, coming right in out the gate as the 10th greatest of all time just because of his story and what he had to do to get there. Darren Sproles. Oh, wow. I didn't know we could just put people in because of their stories. Oh, story, stats, and just the way he played. You know, he, he's just a scrappy little zigzag guy. I mean, he looked – he's like uh, – when you watch him in college, he's just the fast – he's like watching uh, Ryan Switzer. Remember, you know Ryan Switzer. Is, yeah, right? yeah. little punt returner guy. Yeah, he looks fast as can be, and that's just the way. I think Sproles is definitely in this list. He's lucky he's never been on the field with me because you know, <laughs> I'll, I'll be like Steve Atwater out there. <laughs> Uh, my honorable mention for running backs is uh, Ed Marinero. Okay. I like his name. He was second in uh, the Heisman voting in 1971. 50 total total uh, overall touchdowns uh, comes nowhere near uh, my top 10. But out of, you know he was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings, but he's uh, most notably known as uh, Coach Marty Daniels on Blue Mountain State. That's nice. So, that is, you know. That's number one. Yeah, exactly. You know, you got to gotta pay respect to Ed Marinero. Uh, but my, my true number 10 uh, running back of all time is Archie Griffin. Uh, I have him on here. I have him as a courtesy number 10, which is why I didn't put him any higher. But he did win the Heisman twice. He's the only player to ever do that. You think about all the great players to win the Heisman. Of course, his stats were not very good, <laughs> yeah. you know, compared to these these top ten guys. I mean, you know, six yards per carry, twenty six touchdowns, which, I mean, Barry Sanders scored thirty seven in in one year. So again, the stats weren't good by you know all time standards. But you win the Heisman twice. I, I gotta at least put you on my list. I respect that. Coming in at number nine, a man who nearly broke Eric Dickerson's record, and that is out of Oklahoma, four years, 4,400 total yards, Adrian Peterson. That man was a different breed at Oklahoma. He, you know, obviously we talked about Jermaine Gresham and, and, you know, the way, but to be in the uh, Big 12, whatever it was called then, you know, and and be able to be a running back in these kind of stats, being drafted where he was, and the only reason he didn't go first overall is because of that whole, what was it, ACL or whatever injury, but... Yeah, Adrian Peterson comes in at number nine for me. Just an amazing running back at Oklahoma. And, yeah, you know, and he was a Viking, even though I don't like the Vikings. But, you know, he was probably your best player ever. But, you know, good good job. Now to hear the mailman's number nine. Yes, my number nine is Feed Zeke. Got to feed Zeke. Hasn't gone super great, you know, with the Cowboys. Put up some big numbers, but, you know, hasn't won fucking shit. But uh, at Ohio State, I mean – Honestly, one of the most running back, most dominant running backs I've ever seen in, in college football. And I was thinking about putting another guy, spoiler alert, not on my list, but I thought about him. But I was thinking about, like, oh, Saquon was really dominant. And then I looked at Zeke's stats, and I was like, no, 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 that's truly what Big Ten dominance looks like. 18 rushing touchdowns for 1,900 yards in 2014. That's nearly seven yards a carry, and then 23 touchdowns uh, his junior year. Eighth in the Heisman, which probably should have been higher. I don't know what type of bullshit happened that year. That's a fantastic year. But, I mean, that 58 total touchdowns, uh, it's Zeke. You got to feed Zeke. And, you know, one of the best running backs to ever do it. All right. I can say Zeke does not make my list, but one man you did mention makes my number eight, and that is Saquon Barkley. Uh, You know, I put him over Zeke just because, you know, Saquon's at Penn State, and Penn State is in Ohio State, Um, you know, Saquon, just watching him play, you know, jumping over players, doing this with, like, he just had the look. You know, Zeke was, whatever, Zeke was Zeke. But, you know, Saquon Barkley, you know, 5,000, you know, 5,500 total yards, 53 touchdowns at Penn State. 
I mean, in three years, he was a second overall pick, probably could have been a first overall pick. Who knows? But Saquon Barkley was just so dominant in his time at, you know, Penn State, and he just showed it. You know, he was someone that you would turn the TV on. Oh, you see Penn State playing. Even they were playing, like, I don't know, like a Rice team or whatever. But, like, you wanted to watch Saquon play because he's just such a great football player, magnificent to watch, and that's why he's number eight on my list. Yeah, I think he's better in the pros. But the good thing, like, and the thing about Penn State obviously has a lot of money, and it's a big school, and it's a Big Ten school. But, like, he, dude, he was doing it with Trace McSorley. Exactly, like, yeah. I understand he's not playing with bums, but he's also <laughs> he, he's also not playing with any other Saquon Barkleys at any other positions. That was that offense was entirely Saquon Barkley. Exactly. Who was the running back that took over after him? Miles uh, Sanders. Yeah, Miles Sanders. And, you know, he just was nowhere near, you know, Saquon. So, I mean, it, it just shows you what he was able to do. So, but, yeah, that is my number eight, Saquon Barkley. I respect it. Uh, one of the few old school guys I have on my list here at number eight, was it? Yep, number eight. Yeah, number eight. Uh, Herschel Walker. Yep. I mean, he he won the Heisman in 82, and his two other years in college, he finished in the top three in Heisman voting. So, you know, he was, he was you know, at least within earshot of becoming a multiple-time Heisman winner. Uh, and his, his stats are actually really, really good, even for the era. Like, these... These are Zeke Elliott numbers back in the 80s. And, it, dude, his, his freshman year, 1,600 rushing yards, 15 touchdowns, 1,800, 1,900 rushing yards, 18 touchdowns. And then his senior year, same thing. I mean, that's the yards per carry is a little bit low when we talk about elite running backs of all time, but just an insane dude, a guy who took up MMA in his, like, 50s <laughs> or whatever. I mean, race trains to get training or whatever when he was a kid. Yeah. A, a guy who got ripped because I think all he did was push-ups and sit-ups mm-hmm. or whatever, just did thousands of them a day. Herschel Walker is probably a top-five athlete of all time in any sport. Oh, I mean, definitely. He, he's ridiculous. I think he, if he would have trained MMA from day one, would have been the best. If he would have trained – like, I've, I think he's a guy like Brock Lesnar where it's like whatever yeah. that guy did – it's a curse for him to focus on multiple things because if he ever just, you know, focused on whatever. And obviously he had some injuries in the pros, but Herschel Walker. And also fucking destroyed the Vikings. Not his fault, though, but <laughs> that's you know, awesome. that trade destroyed the Vikings and built the Cowboys dynasty. But, yep. you know what I mean? He was a very good player. Very that's good awesome. Player. I will say he does come in on my list, but we'll get to that. But my number seven is a weird guy. He went to Texas University was drafted by the New Orleans States. Mike Ditka traded an entire draft class for this man. He had 7,000 total yards, 75 touchdowns in total, a Dolk Walker in 97, Heisman in 98, Maxwell in 98, and four years at Texas. And that is my man, Ricky Williams. Ricky Williams was just, dude, I mean, a coach who had won a Super Bowl, obviously maybe this was planned, traded an entire draft class for this man. An entire draft class for a running back. And Ricky Williams, man, a little weird, but was absolutely dominant at Texas. Probably one of the, he's easily the best Texas quarter running back of all time. I mean, unreal. Ricky Williams comes in at my number seven, no doubt about it. Yeah, I, I respect it. One of the weirdest guys of all time. Still at 10,000 rushing yards in the pros. Which is just unreal, missing seven years. And his his 30 for 30 is probably the best 30 for 30 oh, of all definitely. time. Uh, just absolute goat. Uh, let's see here. My number seven of all time is Adrian Peterson. A guy you talked about before was at Oklahoma from 06 to 04. Pretty much the peak of Oklahoma before Lincoln Riley got there. Uh, probably should have won the Heisman as, as a freshman. He was second place in the Heisman as a freshman. Would have been the first to ever do it. Uh, 41 touchdowns, 5.4 yards per carry. 
I I I, I kind of respect Oklahoma because they didn't really run him into the ground. Uh, you know, because his stats got worse every year he was in college, uh, numbers wise. Um, but you know, dominant, dominant. I want to see who won that in two thousand four. Ew, Matt, Matt Liner. Well, that uh, makes sense. Liner played at USC. That's why. Yeah, well, a lot of those players didn't turn out. In, no, yeah, all media hype. But yeah, Adrian Peterson's my number seven. All right, my number six, which I'll be, I'll wonder if you have him, but he holds the record for most rushing yards in a game at like four hundred and sixty. Uh, he had almost he had six almost sixty five hundred yards at his time at TCU. Won a Dolk Walker, one of the greatest NFL running backs of all time. Uh, in four years, he had fifty six touchdowns, and that is Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, the man was a first overall pick. At running back, which is really scary to do sometimes, especially with running backs only lasting, especially in his case, only 10 years. Uh, Lindanian Tomlinson going to TCU was just such a magnificent runner. Um, made that TCU team. Uh, you know, he was just, you know, he had 6,500 yards in most of them. I think it was like 85 or 89% of his yards in total were all rushing. Uh, Lindanian Tomlinson is easily my number six. I respect it. I mean, you'll have to wait and see the mailman's list to, to know if I have LT on there. Uh, but my number six running back of all time is uh, the Juice. O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. Well, I got to be honest. I was not even considering until you made those tweets. Dude, he, um, he's some crazy, man. Yeah. Maybe it got over my head, but you'll see where I have him placed. It's easy to decide. Yeah, I'm sure you have met number one. But won the Heisman in 1968, second place in 67. Uh, his stats would be dominant even today. I mean, 23 rushing touchdowns his senior season. And... and in 11 games so it's not like it's not like today where like if you play for Alabama you play in 15 games because of the college football playoffs and all that you know 11 games I mean you know I don't even know what conference this is that USC was playing in AAWU I don't even know and then the Pac-8 the Pac-8 so you know the juice and obviously a guy who would have translated to to today's NFL because he's a big boy oh yeah easily all right, that was your number six, correct? Yes, sir. Cracking my top five is a man you already talked about. We don't have to talk about him that much more. Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker was a myth, you know, in his time. Um, so, yeah, Herschel Walker is my number five. So I'm excited to see who cracks your fifth. I hope it's... Well, uh, mine is a, a current running back. Oh, yeah. And it is Travis Atien. Uh, Travis Atien. Yeah. So Clemson from uh, 2017 to 2020. 7.2 yards per carry. 7.2 yards per carry, nearly 5,000 rushing yards, 70 rushing touchdowns. Also has 1,000 receiving yards to go with eight receiving touchdowns, 78 total touchdowns. That's ridiculous. That's a guy who I don't think people are necessarily considering to be an all-time great. But I think a few years from now when we look back, like you know, it's tough to tell in the moment, and obviously they lost you know, in the big game this year. But again, another thing too, like the ACC is not super stacked, but like a lot of these stats are in like national championship games. So like, and I get it. Like he had Trevor Lawrence. I get it. There's a lot of good players on Clemson, but you know, you don't think Herschel Walker was playing with good players. You know, they're not playing with bums. So uh, you know, Travis ATN. I mean, you, you look at the stats. Stats don't lie unless they're stats that Jim Sturm is bringing up. Then they're bullshit. But Travis ATN <laughs> cracks my top five. All right. Well, my top, my number four pick won the Maxwell, the Walter Camp, and the Heisman, all in the year of 1988. Yeah. He had 
4,700 rushing yards in three years at Oklahoma State and had 52 touchdowns. The man, the myth, the legend, Barry Sanders, which making my list makes me sad because I've said a lot of Detroit Lions players at almost each position. Um, but, man, Barry Sanders. I mean, he he could have played any sport ever, but I believe he played baseball or something. Maybe I'm wrong. But Barry Sanders, easily my number four. He's not higher just because – you know, of the time he was playing or whatever, but he was the most electrifying running back of all time. It's funny because the Green Bay Packers could have drafted him, but instead they drafted a roid-raged offensive lineman. So I'm really going with Barry Sanders at my number four. Yeah, and Barry Sanders is my number four. I mean, and again, that's a legendary 1989 draft class, which is, again, kind of irrelevant because we're talking pros. But, uh, you know, they were all in the running for the 88 Heisman and he that probably might be the most one of the more competitive years like you know beat Aikman for the Heisman beat Steve Walsh Deion Sanders Mandarich I mean you know and and again he I don't want to disrespect the man because I've watched documentaries on him he's he's, he's a great guy great football player had a, gr- a, a great pro career a lot of people think he's the best to ever do it but he is a one-year wonder yeah that's why he's not higher but that one year was is the best crazy. year anyone's ever had <laughs> I mean, 2,600 rushing yards, 7.6 yards per carry, 37 <laughs> rushing touchdowns. That'll be That's a record that will never be broken. No. 37 rushing touchdowns is fucking insane. <laughs> but it was a one-year wonder. But, man, you couldn't pick a better year. Exactly. Barry yep. Sanders, number four. All right, my number three. I think Owen will hate this and he won't be on his list. He had a vacated Heisman. Oh, no. He had 6,000 total yards, 42 touchdowns, a Doak Walker, Heisman, which is vacated, a Walter Camp in his three years at USC. He was the, I think he was the flash of the thunder and whatever with Lendell White, but it is Reggie Bush. Now, Reggie Bush was a fifth overall pick. The man was absolutely dominant. Obviously, his NFL career did not turn out the way it would, but he still made big money playing like 12 years in the league. Reggie Bush is my number three. I mean, he was the biggest part of that offense. He won a national championship. I mean, he was dominant. I mean, he did things no other, you know, running back was able to do. And, and, you know, just being able to watch him play and him being more recent, modern, man, you know, laterals and games, you know, stuff like that. Like, he was able to pull it off. Reggie Bush is easily the most electrifying running back of all time and is coming in at number three on my list. Yeah, I think he's one of the most electrifying running backs of all time. He he's also one of the one of the not top ten running backs on my list. So spoiler alert: don't have that uh, jabron on my list. Uh, mine might surprise you at number three, although statistically it shouldn't. Uh, Monty Ball. Yep. Monty Ball, 2009 to 2012 for Wisconsin. He has the record for the most touchdowns in college football with uh, with 83, yep. 77 rushing touchdowns. 39 rushing touchdowns in a single season, or 39 touchdowns, excuse me, in a single season in 2011. I don't know if that will ever be touched. That's insane. The numbers you put up are, are ridiculous. Uh, did not work out in the pros, but, I mean, this is Big Ten football. And, I mean, his his sophomore through senior year, uh, 18 rushing touchdowns, 33-22. I mean, nearly broke 2,000 yards in, in his junior and, and, and senior year. So they're they're – there is, there is a more dominant running back out there, but Monty Ball, holy shit, has a lot of records. I, I, I at number two, have a Wisconsin running back, but it's not Ron Dane. It's not Melvin Gordon. It's not Monty Ball. It is a recent guy who could have shattered all their records if he would have stayed his fourth year easily, easily. And it is Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that man, 
obviously we'll never see some of these records broken because people don't stay for four years. If you can get your money like Jonathan Taylor, um, you know, he won the Doak Walker two years in a row. He, you know, spent three years at Wisconsin, had almost 7,000 yards in total yards, uh, 55 touchdowns. If he would have stayed another year, maybe not the record for, you know, uh, rushing yard or rushing touchdown, but he could have easily broke the rushing yards record. Uh, and that's why Jonathan Taylor comes in at number two. I mean, watching him play the golfers, um, was it two years ago, whatever. I mean, Jonathan Taylor won that game without even touching the ball. I mean, he was so good that PJ Fleck literally spent the whole defense on him and never touched the ball. And so that's why they, you know, they torched the Gophers that game is because Jonathan Taylor was so good that he was able to psych out P.J. Fleck, who is a good coach, maybe. But, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, easily number two. There's only one person above him, and it's because he did it in such a short amount of time. But, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, easily number two. Ron Dane was a fullback. Ah, <laughs> well, absolutely not. Uh, my number two is uh, Ricky Williams. Uh, like we said, you had him, uh, I think, seven criminally low. Uh, won the Heisman, fifth in the Heisman in 97. Uh, Jesus, I mean, the, you know, gl- the glory days of Texas football, 72 touchdowns, and, and, and they were all meaningful touchdowns. They were not for Toledo. They were not for <laughs> fucking Northern Illinois. These are very meaningful touchdowns. 2,100 rushing yards his, uh, his uh, uh, senior year. Obviously, uh, Mike Ditka gave up the entire, the entire franchise to get this guy. <laughs> uh, but just one of the... Again, one of the weirdest guys on the planet, fascinating guy, and, uh, you know, the number two college running back of all time. And my number one, you've already said him, and there's one thing that you left out on his uh, Heisman victory. He got the most first-place votes in a Heisman voting ever, and that is O.J. Simpson. I mean, he – dude, O.J. did it in two years, all right? O.J. Simpson is just unreal. I mean, he's the juice. You can never – Hate on the juice. Never keep the juice down. Never, ever keep him down. He is number one. Greatest of all time. Would have translated. Would have did the same stats, if not more, in today's NFL, or in today's college football. O.J. Simpson is the greatest running back of all time in college football. Yeah, absolutely not, because uh, the greatest running back of all time is clearly Ron Dane. He was one. Greatest running back of all time. <laughs> one cheeseburger away from being a... That doesn't matter. <laughs> People couldn't stop him. Doesn't matter. I mean... He won the Heisman in 1999. Dude, he had 2,100 rushing yards his freshman year to go with 21 touchdowns. His so he has a lot of rushing touchdowns. 71. That's not yeah. a that's not a record. Monty Ball has the record. I think that's like top three. But the 7,100 rushing yards will never be broken. That will never be broken unless, dude, unless it's like. Massachusetts becomes really good and just beats up on like independence that will never be broken especially with running backs these days uh, always leaving before their yeah. senior year like you will never that is a record that will stand the test of time and you know if you when you can set a record like that and not just not just set it in 1920 but set it you know in, yeah. in the modern age of, of football I mean Ron Dane is, is the best running back of all time did not work out in the pros <laughs> did not work out in the pros might not translate to today's, you know, college football necessarily, but just the most dominant, the, the gaudiest of stats. There's, there's no stats that are gaudier than, than, than this. Man, Wisconsin and their running backs, man. Oh, man. You really don't put Jonathan Taylor in your top ten. Can I ask why? I didn't even consider it. Really? I even didn't. though if he would have stayed a senior year, he would have probably broke that record. Ah, but he didn't. That's true. He didn't. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. 
All right, before we get into QBs, I don't think you have an athletic and kicker list. I'll just shoot them off real quick before we get to the best part, the QBs. But uh, my number one, you know, utility player, as you call it, Desmond Howard, obviously won the Heisman. He really only won that Heisman because of the simple fact that he did the little Heisman pose. I've, I've seen a lot of video on that. That's what got him that. Uh, one of the more dominant players I've ever seen. He played every – I think in one – I think in his last year at Michigan, he played quarterback, running back, linebacker, cornerback, kick returner, punt returner, uh, and that was Jabril Peppers. You could all – obviously – it, it had a, it took a, t- a long time for teams to figure him out in the NFL, but Jabril Peppers in college, you always knew where he was. I mean, he was just everywhere. He did everything. Played quarterback. I mean, just crazy. Um, a kicker. Uh, he may be one of the – I didn't know this about him. He was a second-round kicker, I think, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think he was yeah. the second round. Uh, he, in extra points, he made 198 of 198. Uh, he only missed nine total extra points in his entire college career, and he was a second-round draft pick, and that's Roberto Aguaro. Hell yeah. He was a really good kicker. Obviously, did not work out in the NFL. Then another guy I had to put in there was because of him being a first-round kicker, and that was Sebastian Janikowski. Now, had it, bad college stats. Yeah, they not horrible, good. but he was hitting 60, 65-yard field goals, which is why he got drafted. But Sebastian Janikowski has to be up there. And this man had 10,552 total yards, almost 50 touchdowns, and that's Jordan Lynch. See, I didn't know where to put yeah, him. Yeah, oh, yeah. I didn't know where to put him because he, he had more attempts as a running back than he did as a quarterback, but at the same time had enough attempts to be considered a quarterback. Jordan Lynch is that kind of utility player, but he had almost 11,000 yards by himself at NIU. Uh, he is my, you know, in there. They're not really ranked anywhere, but um, those are my utility players. I love it. I got a handful of honorable uh, mentions. Obviously, Roberto Aguayo. Uh, honorable mention kicker uh, Joey Julius. Ooh-hoo. You know the big boys out there <laughs> kicking the ball. Uh, Peter Mortel, probably the the greatest uh, college holder of all time. Just you know, very steady hand on on holding the ball for field goal kicks. And uh, uh, you know you got you got to shout out the the boy Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee, uh, yep. a kicker and a punter. I mean, wow, we. I mean, you know. 99% on extra points. I mean, you know, 73% on field goals. You know, okay, you could probably could have made some more. You know what I mean? The, the the punting was, you know, 44 yards. Probably could have been a little higher. But you know what I mean? You got you got to shout out the real ones. That is true. All right, with that rolling, is that the end of the honorable mentions? That is the end of the honorable mentions. We'll roll right into the 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 uh, the dessert of this great show, yeah. the quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, I say we make this a little interesting and see if we can guess the quarterback that we have at that number just by giving the team and the stats. Oh, 100%. I promise you I could get every single one. I, I know you can because you're weird with that and you're able to remember everything. It's just, <laughs> just like, like UFC events. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll have a tough time. But uh, at my number 10, he has 13,000 yards. 137 touchdowns and spent four years at Georgia. That is Aaron Murray. It is Aaron Murray. He is my number 10. The man did a lot for Georgia. Obviously, it did not pan out in NFL or even in the AFL or wherever he went. But um, Aaron Murray was a really stellar quarter. I mean, he was consistent. He was good in the SEC, a really good conference. He was able to put up big stats every year. And Aaron Murray is my number 10 college quarterback of all time. Super good. A lot of people will say mm-hmm. he's the best SEC quarterback of all time, mm-hmm. and that just shows you how good scouting is. Because pe- teams were right not to draft him. <laughs> exactly. He wasn't good in the pros. Exactly. But yeah. Holy shit, he was good. 
Okay, so really quickly, I had a really tough time. I basically had a top 11. Um, but honorable mention, Colt McCoy. Didn't, ah. didn't make my list, but... It, he I, was, I was good. He I, was because yeah. I, I started with a handful of quarterbacks that I wanted to like research heavily and just kind of dwindled it down. And he was it was very tough. But top three in the Heisman twice. I mean, ridiculous numbers. I mean, that was the last time Texas was a good football team. Uh, <laughs> Sam Ellinger did not bring them back. Uh, okay, he did not do it. Where's Sam Ellinger going in the draft this year? What round? Uh, probably well, fourth round. Vikings, he was a four-year starter. Round. <laughs> oh man, I don't care if it's a fifth-round pick, but yeah. Definitely not. Okay, well, I I don't have the uh, years here, but I guarantee you know who this one is. Uh, I just have to this, – this, this makes for terrible radio, but I'm going to do it real close to the mic, but it's uh, – Really? You have him at 10. At number 10, Johnny, at 10. Johnny Manziel. <sighs> yeah. ah, I need to hear a reason why. You have him – you should be arrested. So did you not have him on your list? Oh, I had him on my list. Very oh, so high you, so on my you, list. So you think he should be higher? Oh, way higher. Oh, he is okay. criminally low. <laughs> Not really, though. Dude, first freshman to win a Heisman. That's why he's on my list. He did it all in two years. That's why he's on my list. <sighs> yeah, but his st- You have him at 10? Stats. You ever see him play football? I did. That's why he's on there. But his Oh, stats. if you're one's Tebow, I'm going to throw something at you. Okay, <laughs> you're well, one's you already, Tebow. You already know what it's oh, going to be. Oh, but- man. But Johnny Manziel. Oh, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> you can't even hear with all the money in your ear. God. You- That's true. I do have several thousand dollars. <laughs> but, uh... Dude, his stats just weren't that good compared to other elite quarterbacks. Oh, he threw a dude. lot of fucking interceptions. Oh, that doesn't matter. Won nothing. He won nothing in college. <laughs> he beat Alabama. <laughs> yeah, he beat up on fucking Rice. Yeah, he dude, beat... he is Johnny Football. Yeah, it's his top ten. Dude, have you ever? You no, he's. I he's, have watched he's, him play. Whoa, all right. We may not report the locomotive and the mailman may not be friends after this night. Oh yeah. Oh man, Kiss my you ever been ten? Yeah, you fucking dude, his stats are not oh, that good compared man. to the guys on my oh, list. Oh, nerds are for stats. Stats are for nerds. Yeah, oh, he's... Oh, man. He's, his stats were not super awesome, oh, but he was man. the first freshman to, to to win a Heisman, and he was the big play guy. That That's the number one thing they say about Johnny, <laughs> he, and you know this. That's the number one thing they say about Johnny is that... When the play goes according to plan, he's not very good. But when the play breaks down, that was a real talking point where they're like, we have to figure ways to make the play break down. Because if you ask Johnny to be a pocket quarterback, he's not very good. Okay, and, the, and another thing with Johnny as well, and you know this too, and this is why he didn't work out in the pros, well, for a lot of reasons. Like, ah, he had Luke Jokel, he had Mike Evans. That is a, true. He that had a lot true, of really good players on I'm, that team. I, I'm just going to say it now. He is my number one quarterback of all time. Holy shit, that's it, profoundly stupid. No, no. That's it, so fucking That dumb. man made me enjoy college that's football. so dumb. Easily, easily number one. Okay, so disregard your list. Where is he in, where where is he in all-time passing touchdowns in the 500s? <laughs> he only played two years. He got okay. drafted in the first round in two years. What a Heisman about, freshman. We're talking about college. We're talking oh, I, about playing in college. That's fine with me. He was a freshman Heisman winner. He Yeah, number 10. He made Texas A&M. Where it is today, okay, May Texas A&M. Well, I, I bet you I can guess your number one quarterback now. <laughs> you already just told you. Yeah, I know. So, but right, so. I can tell you my number nine. My number nine. Well, give me some. Give me some hints. All right, my number nine quarterback played for Texas Tech for one year, then went to Oklahoma. Yeah. And Shake he and is bake. that boy. He is my second favorite quarterback of all time. Sixteen thousand total yards, one hundred and forty-nine TDs. Won the Heisman in two thousand seventeen. The O'Brien, Maxwell, and the Walter Camp, and that is. Baker Mayfield, yeah, and he he is just he was someone like like Manziel, who nowhere near Manziel. Obviously, he's eight spots below Manziel, but 
He was someone that was fun to watch, made football fun, did all the cool dancing. He was a first overall pick, you know, and he 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 was a walk-on, I believe, at Texas Tech, and was he a, he transferred to Oklahoma after his first year or whatever, and yeah, uh, and was a walk-on again. Yep, exactly, and he just he he has that that it fact, you know, what we were talking about with like Carl Anthony Towns, he doesn't have that it, you know, but Baker has that it. He's did it in Cleveland, made the playoffs. I don't care what people say, he's the best quarterback Cleveland's ever had, even, but he is number nine, greatest of all time, just because he was so. Persuade, ah, not persuasive. He just had that. He had that it factor, you know, that put him there. He is number nine on my list, easily. Hundred percent. And his, you, you can tell, especially even in Cleveland, but especially at Oklahoma, where he's like dancing in the circle. Like he's one of those quarterbacks, or he's not. He's not a ponder. He's not a, a Jake Locker. He's not like. He's not a guy who's the quarterback because he was named the quarterback. Like his team would die for him. Like yeah, you know if. You know, if he got shoved to the ground, somebody's getting clocked in the back of the head. You know, yep. his team's gonna fight for him. Yeah, Baker Mayfield's a legend. Okay, mine, my number nine uh, is the only one-hit wonder I have on my list. Only had one good season, but it was one hell of it. Was like Barry Sanders. It's one hell Wait, of a good Haskins? season. No, I don't know, know what no. teams he played for. Uh, he plays for Purple and Gold. Purple and Gold. In the co- in college, yeah, he plays down there in the Bayou. Oh, Joe Burrow. Yep, Joe Burrow. Okay, Joe Burrow. I was like, purple and gold. I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, he, this was a guy who couldn't even beat out Braxton Miller and JT Barrett. Yeah. And then, honestly, his junior year was really, it, it was pretty good. It was underrated good. Uh, some teams thought he could be drafted late in, in, uh, late in the draft, um, you know, if he came back for his senior year. But 16 touchdowns, five interceptions, you know, it's not, he didn't have the gaudy numbers he had his next year. But that's the greatest season for a quarterback of all time. I mean, 5,600 passing yards, 76% completion percentage, 60 touchdowns. That might never be broken. That is ridiculous. I mean, he broke a guy who I'm sure you have on your list's record, but he did it at the top school in the top conference. Only six interceptions. So, I mean, his college, you know, 78 overall passing touchdowns is nowhere near, you know, the top lists uh, of all time for career totals. But when you talk about that one year, there's never been a better year for a quarterback, at least a, at least a passing quarterback, because obviously, you know, there are some quarterbacks who will, you know, rush for 25 touchdowns a year. But <laughs> that you know, is true. Joe Burrow, that's one hell of a year. Heisman winner, obviously. All right. I like that one. He is not on my list. I don't like Joe Burrow, so he's not on my list. I understand he had a one good year, but none of the guys on my list have a one-hit wonder year. They None of them do. None of them do. So my number eight, is a former first overall draft pick, and he's from Stanford. It is Andrew Luck. It is Andrew Luck. 10,000 total yards, 89 TDs. When the Maxwell Walter Camp surprisingly never won a Heisman. I'm pretty sure he got beat up by RG3 that year. Yeah, and and the year before. It was someone it was multiple else. years. Yeah, it was someone else. I mean, he got Mark Ingram, maybe. Yeah, something like he that. He won it in 2011. Andrew Luck is one of those players who. Really surprisingly, never got a Heisman next to his name. But Andrew Luck comes into my number eight. I mean, he was he was something. He, dude, he's the friendliest guy in the world. All right, I mean, like he, he's always smiling. You know, he gets tackled, hits hard. Got a good hit. You know, he's just a good guy, and he was just a really good football player. Uh, you know, he's one of those players where you know he's the first overall draft pick before the season even starts, no matter what he does. Uh, Andrew Luck is definitely number eight, and he took, you know, he, he took Peyton Manning's job. So, and he did a good job with it. You know, obviously he retired, and that was kind of the issue, but. Yep, Andrew Luck comes in at my number eight pick. Uh, absolutely. Um, my number eight, he played at uh, Lake Travis High School in Texas. 
Okay, he won uh, the the 4A state championship. Uh, he uh, got drafted first overall. First overall. Uh, he's he's the two-time Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Big 12. Um, he's the two-time Burles, Burlesworth Trophy winner. Oh, I'm trying to he's, think. He's six foot one, 215 pounds. Oh, why can't I think of his name? He was technically born in Austin, Texas. Oh, I, I, he wears number six. Number six. He likes to shake and bake. Oh, is it Baker Mayfield? Yeah, I was trying to think. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I, Baker I, Mayfield. I assumed you would have said, like, you know, I have the same. Okay, okay. Baker yeah. Mayfield. My bad. No, yeah, I didn't want to give it away <laughs> by being like, well, you got drafted by the Browns. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. But, yeah, Baker Mayfield, for everything you said, I mean, that guy's story is incredible. He should never have been in any position he was ever in, <laughs> no. but yet he was. And, you know, even... Like, I again, I get it. Big 12 is known for offense. But, you know, 71% completion percentage his junior and senior year. So even by Big 12 standards, his his numbers were ridiculous. 131 passing touchdowns. That's insane. Uh, I mean, unfortunately, didn't win shit at Oklahoma. But <laughs> no. you know what I mean? I, I don't know. And you got you to gotta kind of give him credit for, um, like, all the quarterbacks that came after him. Like, he really made it yep. cool to be an Oklahoma quarterback. I mean, you think about – Wow, they've gone through four different really, really big quarterbacks that are oh, yeah. going to be very – well, three of them were high draft picks, and then one of them's still there. Going to be, yeah. Yeah, scary-looking guy. But, uh, yeah. yeah. He's the favorite to win the Heisman next year. Yeah, that's disgusting. But uh, <laughs> by all accounts, he's an absolute knobhead. Because if you, if you, if you, what was it? He was on the QB yeah, lights or whatever. Yeah, People yeah. hate him. But, uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, comes in at uh, number eight. My number seven it, – it, he didn't have the greatest stats, but watching him play, he was just so mobile. He's from Texas, probably their greatest quarterback ever. Uh, it's Vince Young. I mean, Vince Young, watching him play, obviously he was like a Vic. You know what I'm saying? Where he, he didn't throw the ball much, but when he did throw the ball, it was nice, accurate. Um, he won huge games. He showed up all the time. Uh, you know, he won the O'Brien, got beat out by Reggie Bush for the you know Heisman, and he finished second. But Vince Young is the seventh greatest Mostly because he's able to win games. You know, he was able to win games for Texas. Too bad he got addicted to cheesecake. Uh, you know, but, you know, Vince Young is my number seven of all time. He's a winning quarterback. Uh, he didn't put up the greatest stats, 81 touchdowns, almost 10,000 yards. But in three years, he did a really good job at Texas. That's for sure. He made Texas the last relevancy they ever had. So, other than Colt McCoy, I guess. But Very true. And I think, uh, you know, if he would have came out, if he would have been born 10 years later, I, mean, I think we're talking about different things. Although, uh, what did we just looked this up earlier? Like he did score a six on the Wonderlist. That is so, very true. Yeah, uh, a janitor <laughs> scores a fourteen according to the website I was looking at. So, I mean, you know, not 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 the brightest guy out there. Uh, my guy, you already know who it is. He's the guy who has the highest passer rating in college football history. That's why he's on there. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, Tua T. Um, yeah, national champion, uh, Maxwell Award winner, Walter Camp Award winner, SEC Player of the Year. But it's just his stats are ridiculous. I mean, by far he has the highest passer rating in, in uh, college football history. It's it's ridiculous. It's uh, 87 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 70% completion percentage, uh, nine rushing touchdowns. I mean, just, just from day one, from the first time he was thrust in there from, uh, from Jalen Hurts, I mean – he did get better in college, but he was always really, really good. And uh, 
This this means nothing because people are so used to NFL passer ratings, and I still don't even know what this means, but it, it's the highest. His college passer rating was 199. Yeah, which is crazy. So, I mean, if you go by stats, this guy is, this guy is the most efficient quarterback to ever play. I do like that one. Tua doesn't show up in my list, uh, but number six, I, I, can't, I, can't, I don't really know much about him. He is a quarterback's coach at Number that, six or number seven? I, might, it's, I did seven. Vince Young was seven. Am I behind? I did Andrew Luck at eight. Vince Young was seven. Did you do your eighth? Who'd you, who was your oh, eighth? Oh, two was my eighth. Two was your eighth? I thought Baker was your eighth. Oh, shit, never mind. Two is my seventh. Okay. Okay, All so right. we're good? Looking at the wrong list. Okay, so this guy had almost 15,000 passing yards at his time, four years. Um, he's the he's a QB coach for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. This left-handed phenom, I remember playing NCAA 09, and he made me every time want to play with Boise State because Kellen Moore was just, I don't know, he got drafted by, or got signed by the Lions or whatever, was undrafted or whatever he was, but... Kellen Moore was just so good at Boise State. I mean, I think he went on – I think he only lost – I didn't look this up. I think he only lost like two or three games at Boise State. I mean, he was – for that four-year stretch where he was a starter, three years or whatever, he was just winning everything. Obviously, they get the bowl games and they get the crap kicked out of them. But, yeah, Kellen Moore is my number six, no doubt. I mean, for the longest time there, he was always a Heisman candidate. He was always really good. Really weird how he never got a shot, which is – you know, we were talking about um, – who would you bring up earlier who – had all the stats, but whatever. You know, it, scouts obviously got it right on him because Kellen Moore wasn't that great of a quarterback past it, but really good at Boise State under, I think it's Joe something Peterson, the last name, Chris Peterson or something, the coach over there. Yeah, who I think went on to become the head coach at uh, Washington. Yeah. yeah, my number six quarterback of all time is uh, Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Deshaun Watson. I mean – uh, didn't win the Heisman, but finished top three in voting in, in 2015 and 2016. Uh, again, I prioritize modern uh, modern quarterbacks. I mean, he did throw 32 interceptions in three years, which you know, is not ideal. But he did throw 30, or uh, yeah, 30 touchdowns a year on average. 41 his uh, his uh, senior year, over 10,000 passing yards. But also, I mean, really starting the Clemson dynasty, you know. And I think, I think the best is kind of weird because it wasn't you know best as in the most impressive but I think the most iconic football college football play since the turn of the the millennium was that game-winning touchdown pass to Hunter Renfro yep like everybody was on the edge of their seat I mean driving down that was such a good that's a legendary game that is you know our version of um of the Vince Young game with Texas and USC and you know Deshaun Watson was the winning quarterback uh, in that game and, and had the, the game-winning touchdown and uh, you know, obviously translated very well. Hopefully he's a future Minnesota Viking. That is for, true. For being honest. You guys are going to be stuck with Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I fucking hate Kirk Cousins. But uh, your Cousins jersey. Yeah, I'll burn it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Deshaun Watson, I mean, you know, maybe maybe not stats-wise is, is the best, but, again, it comes down to the Vince Young thing with winning. Like, yep. 90 touchdowns, there are definitely quarterbacks who have thrown for more than 90 touchdowns in a career. Oh, yeah, but it's, definitely. It's just you watch this guy play, and he's different. Yeah, uh, I like that pick. He didn't make my list, but he's definitely very close to the top 10. I did look at that. You know, I kind of did the same. Th- this is really the only one I did it. I put, like, 30 quarterbacks on my list and then just dwindled them down because um, quarterbacks is my thing. You know, I'm not like you with, you know, the – 
the 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 stat calculator in your head or whatever. But um, my number five is a guy again you won't like. He's another left-handed quarterback. Uh, he won the Heisman in 04, Walter Camp in 04, 109 total touchdowns, 10,000 yards total, and that is Matt Liner. Matt Leinert is another one of those guys who, you know, he was a huge part of that offense at USC. For him to win a Heisman, you know, with Lendell White and a lot of those guys in between there, I think Carlos Rogers was there, I believe that's his name, um, you know, all were there to win him a Heisman. Uh, Matt Leinert was extremely good in college. Another guy I used to, you know, love watching the play. Um, made me a USC fan for like a year or two. Uh, but, yeah, Matt Leinert is cracking my top five. And, yeah, Matt Leinert. Wow, here we go, Matt Leinert. Yeah. Did not work out in the pros. No, it like did not. Like a lot of these guys. He got replaced by a 38-year-old Kurt Warner. I respect it. <laughs> Best thing that ever could have happened. Uh, my number five is uh, RG3. RG3 won the Heisman in 2011. Track star was born on the island of uh, Okinawa in hmm. Japan because his parents are uh, uh, military people. Uh was the better college quarterback, in my opinion, uh, over Andrew Luck. Obviously, we know how the, the pros turned out. But, uh, man, I, dude, I remember distinctly sitting in, like, math class at Park and, like, everybody was talking about uh, RG3. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this this guy, I wouldn't say he was on, like, Tebow level of, like, popularity, but, like, man, he, w- he was the... He was the, the the talk of the town. Seventy eight touchdowns, seventeen interceptions. Uh, you know the, the the passing numbers are not really super great until his senior year. But uh, you know, running the ball, dual threat quarterback. Uh, you know, got to put RG three on there. Just you know, absolutely dominate in college. Yeah, I, I looked at RG three, but you know, being at Baylor and a Big Twelve school or whatever, I just his stats seemed really low for you know Big Twelve. I guess you know you see all these other quarterbacks like Mahomes and them you know throwing all this like. I don't know. I just couldn't put RG3 in my top 10. But moving on to my number four, I could put this man in there because I don't care if he got smoked by Georgia. I don't care if he got smoked by every SEC school. It is Colt Brennan. (laughs) He did not obviously turn out in the NFL, but this man, almost 15,000 yards, 146 total touchdowns. He didn't win anything at Hawaii. He won absolutely nothing. But he has to be put in there because he did something no other quarterbacks have done. So I mean, Colt Brennan is the fourth best. If you put it, he you know, if you translate it into college, he you put him on a better team, he could do the same thing. You know, so Colt Brennan, number four, easily. Yeah, I. Uh, you're saying Colt Brennan's a better quarterback than Deshaun Watson? I am. I am in college level. Yes. Okay. In college level. Could you speak a little closer to the mic and say that? Colt Brennan was a better college quarterback than Deshaun Watson. That is the dumbest fucking thing I have <laughs> no, ever heard. My no, it life. is not. Where's his game-winning national championship Does, winning play? Hey, hey, Colt Brennan, quarterback can't win the game by himself. Colt Brennan did a lot of things with a little. Oh, Kirk Cousins can win games. He was, by himself. Hey, he was in. What, what is Hawaii in? The Mountain West? Is that what yeah, they're in? I think exactly. So. It's not like they're, he's doing it in the MAC or anything. He did this in the Mountain West Conference, where it's oh, it's still a good conference. Man, not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> it is though. Oh. My number four quarterback of all time Cole has uh, no fuck no. Colt Brennan doesn't make my top forty, but uh, he has negative uh, one hundred and thirty three rushing yards. He's the least mobile quarterback of all time. So it's funny putting him next to RG three, but it's Kellen Moore. Yeah, I saw that. Kellen Moore that. That's pretty funny. Kellen Moore is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You talk about putting up insane numbers that meant something in meaningful games, you know. Boise State was basically Hawaii, okay? I, and and I, honestly, 
Like, Boise State has had some players. I honestly think Boise State is entirely Kellen Moore. Oh, yeah, definitely. They, like, they, they would be Nevada. Like, they would be the Wolfpack if not for Kellen Moore. I mean, 142 <laughs> passing touchdowns, only 28 interceptions. I mean, his senior year, 75%. Uh, completion percentage. I mean, oh, but he nearly. plays in the Mountain West Conference, so you can't put him there. Well, he played in. You the, think he's better than Deshaun Watson? I do think he's better than Deshaun. Mm, Watson. I, I think if you put him on the same <laughs> team, they put up the same stats. Colt Brennan is. Well, better. he played in the Western Athletic Conference for the first three years. They weren't even in the fucking whatever. But single-handedly made a school. That school, honestly, Boise State could have been like, uh, uh, fuck, what's that school? They could have been like UAB. They just shut down the program. They don't win nothing. But, you know, this this guy comes in. I couldn't imagine he was anything more than a two-star recruit. Dude, he didn't even lose a single game at home in his entire career because they went on that long streak or whatever. Yeah, that blue that <laughs> yeah. blue turf. But, yeah, and that's the thing, too. They were playing, like, good teams because, you know, they were, the, they were the hot team, like, in bowl games and, you know, for, like, non-conference. Like, oh, they were playing some good teams. <laughs> Kellen Moore. I mean, you know. Uh, once again, you know, didn't work out in the pros. Although I think he's the youngest offensive coordinator in the league right now. That is very true. Well, you know, shout out to Kellen Moore. Didn't I, I remember his uh, one of those years in Madden? His arm strength was like a seventy-nine or something. <laughs> yeah, it was just like Mariota when he first came into the game. He had like seventy-seven throw power. Oh man. Yeah, all right. My number three is the greatest travesty in the world that this man didn't get his name attached to the Heisman. Yep. <laughs> Dude, He's my is, number three as well. It is an absolutely unreal reason why I – if if he first of all, if he wouldn't have got COVID, he would have won it. I, if the season wasn't like the COVID season, he would have easily won it. But Trevor Lawrence, future first overall draft pick. The man, 11,000 total yards, 108 total touchdowns. The man, I mean, what can you say about him? He – he could have been number one if he would have won a Heisman, in my opinion. But the fact that he never got his name attached to a Heisman, uh, you know, puts him there. He didn't win many awards at all, except ACC awards, you know. So, but yeah, losing two games in his entire career from freshman to junior year, uh, you know, and, and yeah, Trevor Lawrence easily is the number three of all time. Yeah, one hundred percent. He's my number three as well. 90 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Yeah, the, the stats are not necessarily – they're very good stats, don't yeah. get me wrong, but they're not going to knock your fucking socks off like Kellen Moore's. But, again, these are all in the best games against the best teams, only lost twice to two of the best teams out there. And, uh, yeah, and, 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 again, like, it's not – you know, maybe if he stays for a senior year and, and goes off, you know, maybe he does climb the all-time rankings in a lot of these stats – but, you know, again, it's like top quarterbacks don't really stay four years. Same with running backs. But I will say with Trevor Lawrence, uh, and this is a different discussion, but it's it's pretty closely tied together. Uh, but obviously we know, you know, a lack of winning big awards and stuff like that keeps him from being number one. But I think he is the best college quarterback I've ever seen play the game. Oh, yeah, definitely. But just the stats-wise, uh, you know, doesn't do it. But, oh, my God, and this guy's going to be football Jesus, the, the, you know. I think he's the best college football prospect of all time, and I, I dude, he's gonna win multiple Super Bowls for the Jaguars. Duval. Oh, yeah. All right, my number two is probably your number one, and that is a guy from Florida, and I have a reason for putting him number two. But yeah, Tim Tebow comes in at number two. He won the Heisman in 07. The O'Brien he almost won the Heisman, I think, in 08 too, and 09 or something. Uh, but the Maxwell uh, in 07 and 08, four years at Florida. You know, Tim Tebow. Obviously, great quarterback. Um, you know, just 
really it's Tim Tebow. You know, everyone knows who he is, the Jesus lover, and um, you know, he had great receivers and everything of the sort. But yeah, Tim Tebow comes in at number two for me, only behind one man, the legend, and I will explain why after you make your number two pick here. Yeah, I'm sure you will. It'll be bullshit. But uh, I find this fascinating because my number two, if you look at his numbers, they are so insane. I'm so, he didn't make your list. He did I don't think he made your list. Uh, and uh, and that would be Marcus Mariota. His stats, you talk about cramming it in. In in three years at Oregon, 105 passing touchdowns, only 14 interceptions, uh, 171 uh, quarterback rating, which is, again, it's tough to know what that means, but that's very high. Uh, but also, also had 29 rushing touchdowns. He had 134 touchdowns in three years at Oregon, I mean, I know they lost to, you know, famous Jameis, old, old crab legs over there in, in the national championship his senior year. But, I mean, numbers-wise, that is insane. Like, that's the thing. Like, passing-wise, passing-wise, those are basically Tua's numbers. And then rushing-wise, they're basically like Justin Fields' rushing numbers. But it's yep. the same fucking player. I mean, his – I was so surprised. Because, you know, I don't – I didn't necessarily think of Mariota as, like – the number two quarterback of all time until I went back and looked at the numbers and, and you know, things like that. Yeah, I think uh, ESPN has him one. So dominant. Mm-hmm. So dominant. And that was back when that was back when Oregon was cool as fuck and all these different uniforms and you know, oh man, Marcus Mariota, my number two. And you don't you don't even have him on your list. Nope. Didn't see him on there. Colt Brennan's better. <laughs> Absolutely. He basically put up Colt Brennan's numbers but at an actual school. <laughs> oh man. I like your number two. Didn't put him on there. My number one, we all know it, and here's why. This man almost put up 10,000 yards in two seasons, almost put up 100 touchdowns in two seasons. See, Manziel, if he would have stayed, obviously he didn't, but I look at the future of this. Manziel would have stayed for those extra two years. He would hold nearly every record. Yeah, but he didn't. It doesn't matter. I look at it as I look at the projected. It's just like how Trevor Lawrence is in my my list. He didn't win really anything. You know, stats are for, he didn't win anything. You know, you look at him, he won a national championship, great, that's fine. But Johnny Manziel is easily the greatest college football, most electrifying, most well-known quarterback to ever come out, most controversial. You know, he created Texas A&M as where they are now. Johnny Manziel is easily the best. In his two years, made the, a bigger impact than Tim Tebow made at Florida, made a bigger impact than any quarterback on my list. Johnny Manziel is easily. He literally... Fooled his way as a first-round draft pick. I mean, it's Manziel easily is the number one quarterback of all time. All time. Yeah, absolutely fucking not. Uh, but the, the number one college football quarterback of all time is Tim Tebow. It's not even It's not even close. Uh, his passing numbers are pretty darn good. His rushing numbers are ridiculous. Uh, again, you talk about... Running back. You talk about he, he put up the passing numbers of, like, an Aaron Murray and put up the rushing uh, numbers of, like... Oh, I don't know, like a Herschel Walker. Uh, I think he has the most touchdowns of all time in college football because he has 88 passing touchdowns and 57 rushing touchdowns. He was basically, he was basically just you know a Toby Gerhardt who could throw the ball in college. You know, uh, the throwing mechanics kind of got exposed in in the pros, but you know he was a fullback, tight end, running back who would. He was a power. You know, you, you see all of these dual threat quarterbacks. Okay, they're they're like Lamar Jackson where they're they're, uh, you know, runaway quick quarterbacks. You know, you know, this is a dual threat quarterback who's a thumper. Okay, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't hide away from from you know these hits. And uh, you know, uh, 
obviously that's a legendary Florida team. A lot of a lot of scumbags on that team, <laughs> but you know that's a legendary Florida team. Uh, won uh, one national championship. Uh, Didn't he win two? Or did he win two? He won two. Urban Meyer won two in Florida. Oh shoot! Never mind. Okay, so he won two. That's fucking insanely impressive. Uh, and uh, you know that. Honestly, because Urban Meyer had a lot of success with Ohio State, obviously, but I think this is his prime. I think this is Urban Meyer's yeah. prime, who's the greatest coach uh, of all time, in my opinion. Uh, uh, you know, obviously, I think it's 1A, 1B with Saban, because obviously that's super impressive. But with Urban Meyer, it's like every, it was different schools that he went to and, and had a lot of success. I mean, I know Saban was at, at uh, LSU for a little bit, but yeah, Tim Tebow, greatest college quarterback of all time. You know, I'm looking here over the stats and stuff. Tebow, you know, I look at Tebow and I look at Manziel and I compare these guys. Uh, Tebow didn't really have, I mean, he had, let's see, all-purpose yards, he had 12,000, all right, you know? And I don't know, I see Tebow more as a running back because that was his first go-to thing. He had uglier throwing mechanics than Lamar Jackson, you know? And, like, I don't know, that's why I have Tebow two. But now that I keep looking at it, I might drop Tebow three behind Lawrence. I mean, he won twice as many national championships. Oh, we talking with Manziel? No, then, well, Manziel won zero, so he won infinitely more <laughs> than Manziel. But 57 rushing touchdowns, 88 passing touchdowns. Yeah, but in the SEC, 145 total touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, that, that's ridiculous. Baker Mayfield at 149. Yeah, okay. Cole Brennan, 146. Playing Division <laughs> three football though. Oh man! I mean, Manziel had almost a hundred in two years. He could have easily had two hundred easily. 200 yeah. Total oh, for sure. And he could have stayed for a fifth year and a sixth year, and probably had three hundred. <laughs> I mean, shoulda, coulda, what is brilliant? Oh man, I like the list. I like the list. Johnny Manziel also could have fucking OD'd on coke <laughs> if he came back for his fucking his junior year. So. He chased the bag. Too bad, man. Yeah. I'm gonna go tweet at him. He could be chasing some bag. <laughs> oh man. At least his family's rich. You don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah, there we go. Well, Johnny, I mean, he could sign a contract doing anything. You know, he'll be just fine. He'll be just fine. I noticed you didn't have Mitch Leidner on your list. I did not have Mitch Leidner. I, you know who I almost put on here? Obviously, he would have been on here if Tanner it was Morgan? last. No, no, no. C- current Gopher quarterback. Tanner Morgan? Yeah. I would have put – if Tanner Morgan would have produced the same year – that uh, he produced the year before easily on this list. That's ridiculous. Easily a 10. Easily. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's not. Tanner Morgan. Tanner Morgan could have been a first overall pick. Where is uh, where's Ben Beckman on your list? Right? I don't even know who Ben Beckman is. The quarterback for River Falls. I don't even, nope, don't know who Ben Beckman is. Uh, oh, he is. You're ignorant. Should we come up with an FCS list next week? or what? I'm, I'm down. we got to put Trey Lance on there. A lot of North Dakota State quarterbacks. <laughs> oh, everyone North Dakota State. Carson Wentz, Easton Stick. <laughs> got to put all those guys on there. I think oh. Steve McNair technically played at that level of, of D1. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at our list, obviously a lot of the ones are the same. I think uh, you're way off on the... The quarterback oh, one. Oh, fucking absolutely. <laughs> Way off. Absolutely. Way off, man. Look at any list. Dude, you, any list, they're going to be biased. They don't like Manziel because he's a troublemaker. He didn't. Nah, nah. Everybody loves Manziel. People don't like Tim Tebow. Oh, I like Tebow. He just, he was a running back. He was a running back. It's just, see, I should have put Tebow in like the utility players, like Jordan Lynch. So we're going off stats. I mean, Jordan Lynch put up 10,000 yards rushing pretty much. Yeah, and... in the Mac. <laughs> well, it's okay. It's the Mac. Yeah, so it's D2 football. <laughs> 50 touchdowns. Oh, man. 
I think my most surprising pick was definitely Rasheen Mathis. Yeah, a.k.a. your worst pick. <laughs> no way! He was like a 12th overall pick. Okay. Out of Bethman Cook or Cookman. <laughs> Couldn't yeah. even find his stats. Yeah, TJ Hawkinson was a 6th overall pick. It doesn't mean he was good. <laughs> oh, Hawkinson was athletic. Athletic, oh, man. man. Yeah, he's about as athletic as... He could jump. CJ Ham. <laughs> oh, it was CJ Ham. He was a pro bowler. Yeah. Hawkinson's a pro bowler. No, he's not. Yeah, he made the Pro Bowl this he year. He did not make the Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, he did. N- no way. Yeah, Hawkinson made the Pro Bowl. The guy who was jumping over people and cracking his neck? PJ Hawkinson made the Pro Bowl this oh, year. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> what, are, exactly. what, is, what are his stats this year? Uh, I think he only put up like 600, 700 yards. Oh, okay, so fucking nothing. He's a backup tight end. No, he's not. He is going to be the best tight end of all time. I think he's. I think his uh, his ceiling is Brandon Pettigrew. No, Pettigrew is not the ceiling. No, I think that's his. I think I will, that's his ceiling. No, no, no. Who's no? His ceiling is Joseph Fourier. <laughs> Joseph Fourier. Yeah, that's his ceiling. Oh man. Or Levine Toilolo. <laughs> oh, the lolly snapper. No, the tight that end. Oh, oh, the one from USC. I think UCLA. Oh, okay. Six foot, he's six foot eight. Oh man, yeah. T.J. Hawkinson will go into the Hall of Fame, but yeah, he's a Pro Bowler this year. Yeah, he'll go into the Iowa Hall of Fame. No, no, NFL Hall of Fame. Go into the Scam Artist Hall of Fame for being the sixth pick in the draft. Right now, the Lions have three players who will make the Hall of Fame: Jeffrey Okuda, T.J. Hawkinson, and no. Matthew Stafford. No, definitely. <laughs> yes, Matthew Stafford will be a Hall of Famer. No, no, no. So, so Calvin Johnson is not going to the Hall of Fame, is what you're telling me? Well, I'm talking on the current team. Current team. Okay. Well. Calvin Johnson won't get in the first time. No, of course not, because it'll be like the baseball. They're writers. nerds. Yeah, they're nerds. They're, they're they'll Dude. send in a blank ballot. Oh my god, yeah. Ooh, you only you only played ten years, but you know, if they actually watched the game, they'd realize he was catching balls on people who triple coverage. Yeah, triple six man coverage. I mean, Jesus. He only hey, he only had two three hundred yard games. Uh, yeah, I mean, exactly. When everyone else has one. Yeah. But you know who they'd vote in immediately if he was retired? Like if he retired tomorrow. They would put Julio Jones in the Hall of Fame immediately. Who was half the wide receiver that Calvin exactly. Johnson was. Exactly. He's a, he's a, he's, you know, like when you get an app and they have like the app light or whatever, he's that, if that, that would barely on the board. Yeah. There's, there's, God. Jerry Rice shouldn't even be a Hall of Famer. Oh my God. No, Dude, definitely not. I saw a lot of all time lists that had him in college. Dude, he played at Mississippi. He, he didn't play D1 football. <laughs> he played D2 football. That man played 40 years in the NFL. He was in Madden 06. <laughs> oh man, don't. Dude, I see people talking about, you know, Barry Sanders wasn't the greatest running back, and everyone's like, oh, it's Emmitt Smith. Bro, Cowboy fans are delusional. Emmitt Smith played, like, 80 years in the NFL. No wonder why his stats are so high. Yeah, because he got 200 yards for the last <laughs> exactly. 70 years. Exactly. So don't give me that bullshit where, oh, it's Emmitt Smith, Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. Joe Montana had every receiver ever. Like, you literally every if if Jerry Rice was using Stickum, everybody on that team was using Stickum. Oh stick em. my God, Joe, Joe Montana is a cheater. He should be barred from the league. Well, anybody, all, all these boomers tell me this is oh the right God, list. The boomers, man, <laughs> stay inside. That's all I'm gonna say. Just stay inside. But oh, yeah, man. dude, Joe Montana. Dude, these old heads, man, are the worst. Oh man, Absolute Joe worst. Montana would be a practice squad quarterback oh, in today's call, NFL. We call Tom Brady a system quarterback because people are mad that he's better than them all. Oh, man. Yeah, oh. look how Bilicek did with a former MVP. Yeah, and, dude, the, the thing about Jerry Rice, too, played with Rich Cannon, MVP, Steve yeah. Young, and Joe Montana. Dude, if I, if I took... If I took Ola B.C. Johnson and put him in the exact same scenario, he would be, he'd probably have better stats than Oh than my Jerry God, Rice. yeah, exactly. And you know the crazy thing? You know, you know the absolutely crazy thing about like the comparisons between uh, Jerry Rice or whatever? Kelvin Johnson, his first year, he had John Kitna. 
He was a second. He had almost a thousand yards. He had John Kidna, then Matthew Stafford, uh, and Matthew Stafford threw him the ball every time. But Joe Montana on the other side of him had, I, I believe they had running backs. They had other receivers. Dude, Calvin Johnson, his number two receiver for most of his career was Nate Burleson. Like every team knew where it was going. Every team knew where it was going to only Calvin Johnson. They had like. Nate Burleson, they'd bring in, like, Titus Young. They'd bring in Royals. I mean, Theo Riddick was the number two receiver one year on that team. He was a running back. I mean, so people comparing Calvin Johnson to anybody else other than maybe Fitz, uh, you're all idiots. I mean, that's just that. That's just where it is. Just like people who don't put Manziel at number one at quarterback in college. That's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard. Just idiots. You know, but yeah. That's just fanboys who like to (laughs) ride that Johnny Manziel, (laughs) putting him at number one. No, he's definitely number one. But, yeah, dude. Anyone, if he's not a first ballot Hall of Famer, I, I question the NFL. I, I shut it down. It's just like how Ken Griffey Jr. wasn't, but surprisingly, Mariano Rivera was. I wonder why. Like, yeah. get out of here. He was a closing pi- They shouldn't even have a category for no, them. No, fuck no. They're closing pictures. Well, Who gives a fuck? Go if, pitch at least nine you, innings. If you put, yeah, you bum. <laughs> but if you put Calvin Johnson in, in Jerry Rice's shoes, dude. He would he would have had 500 receiving oh, touchdowns easily easily that's the thing like he's going up d- against he's going up against Wendy's employees oh my god dude anybody who wants to argue this come on to the show we'll talk about it please oh, explain get destroyed. To me. please explain to me how Jerry Rice is even better than Santana Moss he's not oh, dude Jerry Rice is not better than he's not a top 200 receiver because he cheated he literally admitted he cheated oh man yeah if Jerry Rice was in today's NFL he would be a number five wide receiver <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and that's on some teams. I mean, you know, some teams are pretty deep, you know what I mean? But, you know, I, I, I would rather have Dan Arnold. Oh, man. I'd rather have Dan Arnold. I'd rather have Alan Lazard. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would rather have uh, Equinemius St. Brown. Oh, ooh, there we go, there we go. I, I'd rather have Chad Beebe. That's a, that's, <laughs> oh, Chad that's a pretty Beebe. good that's a good. That's a good comparison. Mort's Boringer or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah, that dude's an athlete. <laughs> that dude's an athlete. Oh, man. I, I Dude, I just hate old heads. I They... First of all, if you're past the age of 50, you shouldn't be allowed on the internet. <laughs> uh, that's that's something I'm saying because they just they're just so loud and obnoxious. After 50, it's like retirement, you know, like social security. No, no Twitter, no Facebook, nothing for you. But man, they're just you just argue with them for days because they just will not stop. It's just unreal. It's the same people who say like Tupac Shakur and them are the number one rappers of all time. It's like, dude, come on. Come on. Yeah, come on, man. We all know Future Future is the number one rapper Future is the GOAT. Turn on the lights is probably (laughs) the greatest song of all time. Oh, man. Little peep. (laughs) Yeah, wow. All right. Well, I think we're just talking nonsense here. Of course, uh, you know, we'll probably have to wrap it up here. But, you know, that was was a legendary episode. Oh, we got to end this at 10 because it's three minutes to 10. So we got to get three more minutes of the talking in. I don't think that's true at all. It's not WRFW days. This is is do whatever we want days. How long has it been? For what? For how long have we been on here? Uh, Two and a half hours. Perfect. That's what I was going for. I I was going for that. Why were you going for two and a half hours? I don't know. I just. All right. Well, we can sit here for another sixty seconds. We'll hit the two. We'll we'll hit the two hours. Yeah, we need to hit that. So, who do you have winning the Stanley Cup this year? Don't fucking care. Do not fucking care. Minnesota Wild. Minnesota I think Wild. they get it down. I think Parisi, he's mad he didn't get the C, so he's going to, he's going to, this is going to be a resurgence bro, for him. Bro, they gave their C to a 5'9 defenseman. Well, you see my tweet about that? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, he's a good leader, but he's a quiet leader. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Exactly. So he's not a leader. Oh, man. Dude, that is a joke. The Wild are a joke franchise. Next show I'm on, that's all we're talking about again. I need to get some very angry things out of my mouth here on the radio. 
Oh, perfect. Yeah. All our listeners in China and stuff are going to love it. Oh, hell yeah. We got a, we, you know, we got plenty of international listeners. For all the listeners, Johnny Manziel's the goat. Owen doesn't know what he's talking no, about. He's not. He's, this guy's a simp. <laughs> and we don't like simps, so, you know, we're going to end it up here because we're, we're at the two, hour, two hours and 30 minutes mark, but, you know. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely M N. You can follow Drew Peterson. Uh, I don't know. Drew, D R E W B P E T E R S O N on Twitter. Well, this is a fucking spelling bee. Uh, that's my full name there, bud. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm not too sure about that. But uh, yeah, you can uh, check out NorthStarSports.media. I got so much cool shit on there. I mean, oh, you know, definitely. we got rankings and all that. I mean, hey, you know, next week. Next week the UFC comes back. The main card showdown oh, returns. Yeah. Now are you are you in a championship bout? I am not, but I do know oh, that why, no degree. Why are, not, why are you not in the championship bout? I just got cheated. I got oh. cheated. You know, I was going for the knockout in that fight. You know, I just yeah, I made some bad miss. picks, but no, this is 2021's the locomotives year. Uh, the mailman uh, is going to get smoked by no degree. You're going to oh, get beat by a man not. who barely has a diploma. So <laughs> that's that's fine. I got one degree. I got two degrees. He, he's got zero. So I got infinitely more degrees. Oh, man. Yeah. But make sure to check out that. I mean, it's it's the most fun. I mean, it's growing. The main card showdown is growing. Got 14 I mean, people now. We The crazy thing is, I want to say this. We started this, I believe, at the fight after Overeem and Harris. The card after that. I believe we started because we were betting rubles. Yeah, that is true. We were also, betting rubles. I also bet an island that I yeah. do not own. <laughs> We were betting rubles, islands, and we are just like, hey, let's make this competition. From literally, it's been probably, what, less than a year? Oh, for sure. It's been like less seven than a, months. Yeah, seven months. We've grown from just two people doing it to we went to, I think. Oh, who, no, we didn't do this until July. There we go. I mean, think about that. We we grew this from just me and you. Then I think Regan came in. Yep. Then Jordan. Yes. And then Captain came in. Captain. Captain. Bree. Yep. Bree came in. Um, then like Peyton came in, then Sturm came in, uh, Shalinator came in. So we had eight and now we have added more people. We've added, uh, Corey, the grease man, Ireland. We've added Brandon B. Todd Todd. We've added, um, Patrick star Peterson. We've added Connor Pip Peterson. I mean, we've added so many people. That's true. Anthony the German Uyghur. I don't know his nickname yet. I haven't heard from him yet. But, we've um, added Steve, not that young. Exactly. I mean, like, we've added so many people. This is growing into a major thing. Um, you know, it's just, it's been awesome to be a part of it. You know, it's going to be the biggest thing ever. I mean, it's innovative. You don't see, you see other people trying to copy us. Yeah, a lot of fucking scumbags <laughs> on Twitter trying to but copy us. But they, they all suck at it because they're not doing it right. We have a legitimate roster. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We have a legitimate same people on. It's growing. You know, sooner or later, we're going to have a full card. I mean, it's just, it's unreal. It's the only place we have to figure out how to get it, like, patented. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Yeah, I think that costs a little, I think that costs some, some ruples. <laughs> some ruples. But, like, it's just something that's great that you really don't see any people, other people doing it. I mean, making it as competitive as it is, it is something crazy. So make sure to check that out, you know, and that, that's it's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, you know, it's only going to get bigger. We're only we're only looking at expanding, uh, you know. I mean, maybe we add another belt. Maybe that we is add true. another belt. I don't that know how we would do it, about. but you know, might we might do it. Maybe, maybe we do some stuff for Bellator and Ryzen. You know, there, there there's plenty of stuff that, that we can do here, and you know, it, it is it is growing. You know, it's interesting to 
it's interesting to see. That's that's for sure. But you know, it's it's the hottest sports game in in oh, sports easily, media. Easily, no one else has thought of this. No one. I don't care. I've I've seen it nowhere on Twitter. I've seen people try to copy it and they do it in the little Twitter reply. That's stupid. That's, yeah, that's stupid. Lame. There's no because, winners because the people on their Twitter follower can't even understand simple basic knowledge. I mean, oh, you pick the winner fighter, whatever. They just pick. Oh, I pick two fights. That's not how it works. Yeah, super, we have super simple. We have fourteen or twelve fully committed people to this and fully. Fully committed. Even though a lot of people don't know how the scoring works to this doesn't, day. It doesn't matter. We we have we have a, a committee in charge of the scoring. Uh, they are a great committee. Um, you know, there's no cheating. This is the best versus the best. That's how it goes. Yeah, this is not boxing. There's no it, hiding. Yeah, exactly. We don't put cans up against each other. You know, when we see these new guys coming in, it's it's going to be fun to see. And we hopefully, you know, a couple months from now, get more new guys. You know, I'm... I, you know, the insider is the head recruiter. He he always gets the good talent, and there be there's more of them on the horizon. You know, it just takes some convincing, takes a little explaining because people don't understand it. Yeah, you know, and uh, you know, you, you see other stuff like uh, you know, like the initials game and stuff like that. Ah, that's lame. Talking that about is lame. Talking about letters and stuff. That's, right. What is this? Stupid. What is this? Fucking Sesame Street. Exactly. I don't. You know, I know my letters. Here. Right. A B to Z. Whatever it is. Yeah, right? and a lot of stuff in between. Yeah, exactly. But you know this. I mean, this is people get knocked out in this game, dude. Exactly. This, this is the real knockout game. People we get have knockouts. Lined. We gotta figure. I, we. I don't think we could ever figure out a way to get a submission. Yeah, I don't know how that would work. <laughs> I don't know how that would work either. But either way, like. The way, and this is all because of the commissioner. He is a great commissioner in some aspects. He has other aspects that are a little oh, fragile. His, his matchmaking is elite. <laughs> yeah, his matchmaking is a little annoying. But our commissioner has figured out, put his time and money and everything into this, and it has turned into something great. And it, it really will. I mean, you know, we have thousands of people listening to us now. And, you know, them listening, you know, you're, you're seeing the gr- creation of something great. I mean, something absolutely great that can grow into more and more and more. Uh, you know, one day we're going to have like 50, 60 people doing this. It's going to be a lot of texting, but we're going to have a lot of people doing this, you know? So, oh, and listeners could get involved too. We've never had a listener do it before. So, exactly. If a listener, exactly. If there's know. a listener out there, follow North Star Sports, you know, send a DM, whatever, however, tweet at them, uh, you know, get their attention and join it. I mean, yeah, it, we, we always, we always have found a matchup for somebody. Exactly. If we got an odd number, we're finding an even number. Exactly. There's a, tons of replacements you can always join the fun it's just, it's a fun time man obviously there's really no money involved or anything like that but you know who knows maybe down the road that happens you know yeah and how crazy is this like you know people like when apple was created you know nobody knew it was going to be that big and now people wish they would have got in on it and you know invested in it i mean you're essentially what you're seeing is the creation of apple exactly so you know get in now because you know, there's a certain point where, you know, we welcome people in, but, you know, once we're at a certain level and you guys are just peasants, you know, we're, we don't, we want people to get on board, but we don't want nut riders, okay? And nut riders come, you know, when we're already big. Exactly. You know what I mean? So you got to, you got to get in now because, you know, at some point, probably not for a while, but at some point we're going to close the gates. Be that like, is nah, true. you guys had your chance. That okay? is true. You know, at some point you got to, you know, buy the stocks and, uh, you know, fully commit to, to the main card showdown. That is true. It will grow fast. We're, hey, think about it. Seven months, we've already increased from 2 to 12 or 14, 13, whatever it is. It's coming. I mean, we're going to be at 20 in probably like another seven months. So, Oh, for sure. And the good thing, the good thing that I realize now, and if you think of any stats we need to keep, we need to keep it, is I've been very good at stat keeping now instead of, 
you know, two years from now, I decide to go back and keep track of some of the stats, and then you have to go back through all. It's so much easier to keep track of it at the time oh, yeah. than it is to go because this is a fucking mess. I mean, trying to decipher this, you know. But if but when you keep track of it, I mean, you know, this page is pimped out. You know, we got the record book. Of course, I have every single record. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you know, a pretty significant. You know, largest margin of victory. You know, we we got the the Grand Prix. Aren't we tied in Grand Prix points? We are tied. We both have five. Uh, you have three medals. I have two, but I have a silver, and you have no silver. You know, we got the championship history, which you know is mostly bullshit. You know, these last couple of whatever. <laughs> you know, is it, that's that's the. the it's been the a first, while since you've been on there. The first nine is really where the meat <laughs> is at. You know what I mean? The, those next those next three are just fucking bullshit. Well, let's get. What what do, what do you have to say to your opponent coming up? What do you have to say to Jordan No Degree Vogel in your next upcoming match, Holloway Cater? What is your what is your response to him? I mean, he he texted me. Before, you know, after the last one, I told him, you know, the mailman's probably up next. He says he doesn't care. He, he mailman's scared. He, he's scared of him. You lost to him last time by KO. Not even close, actually. I think he got smoked. But, you know, what is your response to no degree, mailman? Yeah, well, surprise, surprise. The king is back, motherfuckers, because <laughs> he's getting flatlined. I'm going to fucking early and often, early and often. You talk about that a lot in football. Okay, early and often, it's a 10-7 out the fucking gate. I don't care what he's picking. I'm picking the exact opposite. It's a 10-7. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put him on the ropes early, and I'm not going to knock him out early. I'm not going to knock him out early. I don't care. I think it's a five-fight five main card. Maybe it's a six. Doesn't matter. Could be eight. I'm going to I'm gonna maintain that lead until the final – no, the second to final round because otherwise it's a decision. But I, I'm going to take him – I'm gonna just gonna batter. Him. I'm gonna bruise him. I'm gonna hit him with hooks to the body, and then right before I'm gonna just gonna fucking knock him out, Deontay Wilder style. <laughs> He's getting flatlined. I'm not afraid. I'm back. 2021, new year, new me. And he's getting smoked. You know what I mean? He's talking to his superior. He's talking to the goat right now. He's talking. You know. You know who he's talking to? He's talking to seven, seven title defenses. That's who he's talking to. So you know what I mean? He's talking. He's talking about the past with him being the champ. But you know, every time you battle somebody, the the, the belt's on the line. He doesn't have the belt because he's not defending it. You know, once once that bell dings, it's nobody's belt. Okay, and I'm coming to take it because he don't. He doesn't even have to defend it because I'm just gonna grab it. Hey, there you heard it there, folks. The mailman and no degree will meet for that, I believe, the second time. Last time it was a KO. Uh, I'm not sure what card that was. Uh, Do you remember what card that was where he knocked you out unconscious? Uh, Sent you to the hospital. I don't know. It it couldn't have been that long ago because you must have had the title or something or something. I don't know. It was probably a Grand Prix. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. This is a. I, I probably have to find a better way to organize this. <laughs> but either way, that'll be a good one. Uh, uh, you know, from rumors that I've heard uh, from the matchmakers, you know, I'll be taking on my father in in the uh, co-main event. Uh, you know, I'm obviously struggling. I have struggled yeah. pretty severely. You just, I was you a just champion. lost to a guy who had an insane losing streak. <laughs> you know, I have yet to lose to any of the others, but you know. I, I have struggled against the mailman, that is for sure, but I, I look to make 2021, you know, my bitch. So that's what I'm going to do. Now, do you do you think in 2021, now, it's a long year, but, you know, years years go by pretty quick. Do you think 2021 is the year you get a title defense, or do you think we'll have to wait until 2022 and beyond for that? Here, here's what I think with 2021 bring. It'll bring me in above 500 record, because that has been struggling. Yeah. I will have at least... 
I, I'll break the record for title defenses easily. No fucking way. I will way. shatter the record for <laughs> no title way. defenses. Uh, but yeah, I if think I I'll, retire. I'll go above 500. I'll break a lot of your records. I mean, it's just going to happen. I, I don't see a loss anytime soon. Cause well, what's I see gonna, plenty of losses on the no, schedule. No, no, no. Because once, once you lose to no degree, I will be the number one contender. You'll Assuming drop, you beat... Oh, I'll, Patrick beat, Star I'll beat Patrick Star Peterson. That man is what? He's old. Are you gonna put him out to pasture? Oh, I'm gonna put him. He's my. I'm gonna put him in a home for the first gonna time. Hospitalize yeah, him? I'm gonna hospitalize him. But um, I'll beat him. Walk past him. I don't lose to that kind of that whatever that is. Now, do you do you think you get a title shot after beating a newcomer? Oh, I deserve one. It, the only way. What, I now, what don't. if what if Captain beats Magnuson? Well, I mean, even if I if I win, we go into a Grand Prix. Me and you are in the Grand Prix, Grand Prix no matter what. If I, if if say you even lose to Vogel, you're in the Grand Prix. I'm in the Grand Prix. Vogel's Jordan's in the, the Grand Prix. Yeah. And obviously, if Regan loses and Bree wins or whatever, I mean, Bree or Regan are going to be in the you know top you know in the four whatever. So either way, you know, and then it'll probably be you taking on Bree or it'd be me if I won and Vogel won. It'd be me taking on Bree. Or you, or you know, and then Vogel taking on you, or whatever again. So I mean, it really wouldn't matter because we go right into a Grand Prix with the short month. So, but I, I think I I beat, I easily destroy my dad. I mean, there's no doubt, Patrick Starr, whatever, doesn't matter. Then I beat because Vogel's gonna beat you. I'm gonna dominate Vogel. Then we're gonna go into the Grand Prix, or yeah, because it'd be the Grand Prix. So I'm gonna beat whoever I face, you or Bree, whatever. Dominate them. Whoever wins the next one, it's going to be easy three streak right there. I'll be the champion again after the Grand Prix, and then from there, no one's going to take it. So you will get your first title defense. I will get my first title seven in a row. Calling it right now. Wow. And and what do you have to say about your your uh, record against the mailman? Where uh, I don't even know what it is anymore. It's, it's not good. It's uh, four ten and three. That has been struggling. But I will say this. With, with seven KO victories by me. That is true. I will say this. One thing I do wrong with you is, like, I told you this at the last fight. I go for the fucking knockout. I, I go for the knockout. You know, last fight, you know, I have the pre-draft that I took of the picks, and literally we would have probably had a draw or whatever. It would have went to go if I would have made my normal picks. But I was going for knockouts, you know, like the Cheeto fight. I originally had Aldo winning, but I was like, you know what? I keep doing it the safe way because, you know, I win by – when I win, I win by the John Jones way. I, I win by decision. That's always how it has been. I think I have one knockout in my entire career. But that's how I oh, win. Oh, you got two. You got two. Yeah. But I got two knockouts. I win by the John Jones so you're, way. you're a decision fighter. I'm a decision fighter, and that's the thing. And I was just trying to change it up, and I do that a lot with you. Obviously, our record is – fuck, from the dark ages, it's, it's <laughs> tough. My first fucking couple cards is pretty rough. But, you know, from there, it's been whatever. But, no, I'll get, I'll get my record – not against you because obviously you're gonna fall back into the abyss and you're gonna be fighting the captains and the patents of the the league. But I'll be up there. I you know I'll be up there. I've been a champion more recent than you. You don't even know what that tastes like anymore. That's been what three three cards, three four cards since you oh, maybe. you held the title. I mean wow. Uh, you don't know. What you a have title a tough defense. Looks like you have a title. You have a tough time against Regan. I know Regan's tough to beat. For he you. is my kryptonite. <laughs> he yeah. really is, man. He is my kryptonite. He really is. He beats you because of the women fights every time. I think it is. What's your record against Regan? Uh, two and three. Ooh, below five hundred. I think you're below five hundred against Vogel too. Yeah, Regan's tough because I I learned. I think. From the beginning, he told me that like, oh, I'll just like whatever. Like a lot of people would be like, oh, I'll just pick fights or whatever. I didn't. I didn't realize because. I, I should have I should have caught on to it. 
because I, you know, noticing that he doesn't make bad picks, he just goes by money lines and shit. <laughs> I thought I thought he just did the thing where he circled the names and just like whatever. No, he actually tries a little bit. So that's why I was going to ask you what are, what do you think the year holds for for Reagan in 2021? Because you know he he was a champ before. Obviously he's he's my kryptonite, but uh, he's. You look at his record against other people. Uh, oh, yeah. Doesn't have a win. Oh, Regan is uh, easy. I mean, really, he is. I mean, I, obviously, I think I beat him. Vogel's beaten him. Uh, everyone's beaten him except Captain and him have a draw. Yeah, he, that is weird. I, I think the only way he wins is by you because you get intimidated. Just like, or not even intimidated. You I over- do overthink th- it. You with overthink him. with him. I do. Just like how I try to go for a knockout with you, which you're my kryptonite, Cause it, cause obviously. Because it's, it's not impressive if you win by one <laughs> or two. Exactly. You, you want to go statement. for it. You're my kryptonite. Regan's your kryptonite. Vogel has yet to figure out his kryptonite because me and him are 500 and he's beating everyone else. Um, you know, I, I you know, so. Wouldn't I think, that be some shit if Captain was his kryptonite? Who's? Vogel. Vogel, that is true. That is true. He's on a hot streak. Man. You know, I think I think a good match. If Captain wins his next one, it's obviously you know not in the Grand Prix, obviously. But I think the next one out of it is definitely Captain and Vogel. Uh, you know, if Captain keeps winning, he deserves a title shot. As crazy as that sounds, oh, he's a beast. It's crazy that he deserves a title shot because he he beat Kelsa I think twice in a row, knocked uh, him out. Yeah, knocked him out twice or once, and you know he's just dominant. I think he beat Pip. Or did he lose to Pip? No, he lost to Pip. He lost to Pip. But, you know, Pip's another one who I think he's on a two-fight losing streak. But, you know, these guys, you know, are coming up as they're so young. I think Pip's easily the youngest one on our on our list. You know, he lost to Vogel in the one. He lost to Kelsa. Kelsa's a weird one because he just he wins randomly. You know, we haven't seen Sturm fight for a while. We haven't seen Shaw and Nader fight. So that, that tells me that Pip struggles against the top-end guys because of his inexperience. But he also struggles to beat the guys he's supposed to beat. But exactly. he'll beat the guys in the middle. Yep. He'll beat Captain and, and, and Magnuson, but he'll lose to the people at the bottom. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, he, he dominated there. You know, we're going to see more of him coming into 2021. Uh, you know, Sturm, uh, if he fights more, I think he's got two fights. He, he beat the he beat Schaller and Mag, or lost to Magnuson. Um, you know, Peyton the Panda, you know, sitting two and three. I mean, not bad. Um, his first fight was against Magnuson, lost. Uh, you know, one and two versus captain. I think that's a rematch that needs to be made is captain versus him. But obviously we have new incoming, you know, talent. Um, you know, the Shalinator we haven't seen, but, um, you know, other than the Sturm fight, uh, you know, and then we got a bunch of new guys. You know, we got a bunch of new guys that are coming in. Four in total new guys, or five, right? Young, Todd, Peterson, Ireland. And Anthony. And Anthony, yep. yeah. Okay. So we got five new incoming guys. Obviously, one of them is going to take on someone who's fought, but the, the rest of them just need to fight each other. You know, see where who's where. Put them in the ranking somewhere. You know, one ranking is just going to put them at the bottom, but it's going to put them somewhere. You know, so it'll be fun to watch these guys grow, you know, as, as we see a bunch of guys coming in, and more and more will come in, and more and more will get the right title shots and stuff like that. But it'll be fun to see. Um, you know, but for the Grand Prix, I, my projecting is me, you, Vogel, because he'll beat you, and then Magnuson. I really think that'll be the way it goes. I, I think it'll be me, you, Reagan, and Magnuson. It could be that. Because if Vogel does lose the title, um, it's it's tough to say. I mean, if he loses, it's tough to say that he won't be in it. But at the same time, he's going into it with a loss if Magnuson wins. Yeah, that'll be tough for the commission. Yeah, that'll be really tough. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. But, you know, Vogel could be out. But, you know, he's, he's good enough to get right back in. I mean, that's the obvious truth. He has the prettiest record in the entire you know, entire association. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how everyone goes. Well, and it's good to see that we have, you know, 
even 14 or 15 technically, but if we have 10 that do it regularly, you know, because that was a problem early on with four and six people is like you'd have people getting rematches where the rematches wouldn't make sense, but we have there's only three matches you can make a week, so it's exactly. like, well, either you have this or you're not going to be able to compete. But now that we have this, I mean, we can have a much more structured hierarchy to who faces who. There's, you know, if 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 Patrick Star Peterson goes 0-2 and then wins, uh, you know, a fight, he's not going to take on the number one contender because we have so many people in between for him to test himself to move up the ladder. Exactly. You, know, you don't have to have these ridiculous you know, matches, a lot of it's going to make more sense. Exactly. And, you know, as my goal as the recruiter, you know, everything I, I hope to have by the spring, at least 20 people. 20 people is my goal by at least the spring. You know, two months is 20 people. That's the goal. You know, that's always the goal. And, you know, it's easy to find people. Like, it, when you really explain it, like I was explaining to my boss, like, when you really explain it, they, they say, oh, that's fun. Like, that sounds interesting. Like, there's no money on the line. It's really not hard to make the picks. It doesn't matter how you choose. It's just three. You know, like, it, you know, a lot of people are find it easy to join. So, you know, my sister was interested, and she's seven. You know, like, I mean, it's just, that's just the way it goes. So, you know, anyone can do it. And, you know, even the listeners, anyone can do it. Literally anyone. It doesn't matter if you know the sport. Because I know a lot of people, Anthony had that issue where he's like, oh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Most of the people in here don't know the sport. You know, Owen's really the only one in here that knows the sport. I started watching literally like eight months ago. You know, like Vogel, you know, in and out watching it. Hooverman, I don't think he's ever watched one in his life. You never know? watched one. You know, so my dad never watched. Like, doesn't matter who it is, you know. Like, Ireland only knows one person, and that's McGregor. You know what I'm saying? So it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter if you know it because look at, look at you know, the mailman's kryptonite. He's been watching this for years, and he, he loses to a guy who's never watched a fight in his life. Yeah, well, that's the thing, is, that, and that's what I tell people too, is that you don't have to know anything. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the times, it is it is really like uh, March Madness, where maybe it helps to know something, but honestly, just picking mascots, sometimes you do better. Exactly. And with this, I do think knowledge over time will you, progress, because you'll start seeing the same names. You know, that's the thing that I've noticed with. But like, there's Nick- so much randomness to each yep. fight. Somebody exactly. tears their ACL, and then you know they're a good fighter, but it's a completely different fight. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, I'll break news here right now. I don't know if you want me to break news, but we do have what do we have? Fifteen now? No, fourteen, thirteen, 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 five. We had we have Magnuson, me, you, Hooverman, Vogel, Pip, Captain, Kelsa, Peterson. Well, I guess if you count like Sturm, yeah. Schaller, um, Young, J- Wigert, um. And, yeah, so 14, 15, somewhere around there. Okay. Well, that was not as conclusive as I wanted, but we do have another person entering. Oh, yeah. Who's this? It was going to be a late notice just in case somebody fell out, but uh, we we do have a squirrel. Oh, we do have a squirrel. A squirrel. A squirrel will a join. All right. A so squirrel we got... will join and will make picks. We do have a lot of squirrels here. They're very big. They're very <laughs> fat. I don't know which one it will be because we have, we have a lot of different squirrels. We got Jerry... Uh, we got Grandpa. I want the old we, we got baby Grandpa. They don't come around anymore. <sighs> but the, the, his name's Albert. But, you know, we got a lot of different squirrels that, that, that can come true. in. So, really, honestly, you know, we have honestly probably like five different squirrels. So, you know, hey, why don't we just break the fucking record for the McGregor thing? Let's have nine fights, seven <laughs> between humans, and let's get these squirrels in here making picks. We'll get four of them. We'll have a fucking squirrel Grand Prix. How See, about that? And that to everyone listen, that's how easy it is to make picks. Like, a dog makes picks. A baby makes picks. A, a, a squirrel makes picks. Like, 
it does not matter. Like, they make their own picks. Like, it does not matter, you know, who you are, what you are. If a squirrel can do it, anyone can do it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how I'll make sure that the squirrel makes the pick picks. It will involve peanuts because that's how <laughs> we, you know, we put them out there. But I don't know, man. It'll be like the the I'll have the two fighters and the maybe the favorite will be the darker squirrel and the, the underdog will be the lighter squirrel and I'll just watch the squirrel eating the peanuts and if he eats a lighter one, I'll do that. I don't know how I'll do it, but I'll figure it out. Cause, cause you know me, like, well, we don't, we don't know how Pitt makes picks, but you know me. I make sure Captain makes those picks with the treats. I'll figure out a method with these squirrels, and we'll get these squirrels in here. And I, the thing I want is it's, I mean, it's embarrassing for for Peyton to lose to a dog, but like, who's going to be the first real person to lose to a squirrel? That is true. And I just realized another one because you said how Pip makes his picks. I do not make picks for Pip. His mom makes picks for him if I don't have him because it's I usually do the goldfish thing. Like, I did the goldfish thing when he lost a, um, uh, who was it? He lost to someone recently. But, like, I do the goldfish thing where he takes a goldfish or whatever. But his mom usually makes picks for him because I'm not with him. So she doesn't even understand what I'm saying. But she is one person that is also in. She said she would make picks. So that put us at 16. There we go. I mean, you know what I mean? There's, there's so many people. I mean, we're just growing. Even just sitting here right now, we're just growing. I will have to say that. You know, anybody who wants to join is gonna have to pass a background check. <laughs> oh, very true. So we, we don't want we don't want felons in here. Yeah, but we don't want felons or other people who are scumbags. Yeah, you know, we, we don't want Aaron Hernandez is in this yeah. game. But you know what I mean. Uh, I've never met a squirrel who's had a, a rap sheet. So you know what I mean. <laughs> Got plenty of squirrels. Uh, you know, it, it it's we need to get Francis in on it. Yeah. Oh, that was another one too. I was trying to figure out how to work him in in 2020, but you know, Francis. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we get that one done with Francis. That that might just be rolling some fucking some dice or something. But yeah, Francis. I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's the only Hall of Famer to never do it. That is true. That is true. We need to get him in there. Another one we can get in there too is um uh your old roommate. Wow, which one? <laughs> the ones at River Falls. Oh yeah, Paul, yeah. Sure. I'm gonna say Mizzou. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. I've had plenty of roommates, but. Oh yeah, that's true. Thick boy or bull man, we could get both of them in there. Exactly. I could get picks. I could get picks. For that McGregor one, we could just have like fifteen <laughs> we matches. Have a lot of stuff going on. Add it to the list. I mean, it's again, anyone listening too, which I know there's thousands of you that are, you know, China, wherever, wherever you are. There's, there's a translator app on the, you know, on the phone. So, you you want to join if you're Chinese, you know, Korean, anything. Just just send North Star Sports a tweet. Say hey. I want to win. I want to beat the mailman. That is the goal always. Beat the mailman. Beat the locomotive. If you want to do it, join on up. We'll take anyone except an exclusive background check because we don't want, like we said before, we don't want scummies or, you know, the bad people. So Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I know a little bit of Chinese. I don't know if you knew that. but I, I did not know that. I know a little bit of Chinese. You know you know, how the, you know what they call a hamburger in China? Hmm. Han bao. <laughs> Han bao. You know, what gotta, the, you know what they call uh, uh, a pear in China? Hmm. Lu. All right. Did not know that. I, I, I have a Chinese cousin. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I could. We can get him in on this. We yeah. can get our first Chinese. Fighter. I'm all about firsts. His name is Mumu Miao. Yeah. Let's get him. I don't know what his nickname would be, but. Oh, I, I know exactly what it is. They call him MJ. Oh, there we go. Yep. Well, maybe he's the prodigy of this. That's true. We can get him involved in it. But I, I took two years of Mandarin in middle school and failed both of them. But I remember those two <laughs> words. I, I, you know, I never. I took like uh, half a, a semester, trimester, whatever they used to call them, of Spanish. I got kicked out of the class, but 
Yeah, I took Spanish for a little bit. Oh, there you go. Yep. You learned any words from that that you can uh, share on the air? <laughs> Dude, I did not. They did not like me in that class. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I took Spanish. Uh, I, I was going to take a French class, I think, my junior year or something, but I just never did it. But, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You should have been cool like me and Baus and Kyle and, and taking German. <sighs> I don't know if I want to be as cool as Kyle, but... <laughs> yeah, that is one cool or, guy. Or hey, Baus should... at the time. Yeah, um, you, you, should t- you should reach out to Kyle, see if he wants to do this. Dude, get Baus on the show. We could get, get Baus on it. We could get Baus. Dude, we're already at like 20 as it is right now. Yeah, this is ridiculous. <laughs> dude, dude, we could do we have, we're going to have 32 players like the like the NFL. Dude, that's what I'm saying. I could reach out to old friends from high school and you know all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's it's a real easy uh, question to ask cuz I don't know, it doesn't mean I have to talk to these people. So, <laughs> yeah, let's reach out. We we have to get Baus. Dude, we have to, but you're the you're the you're the connect with Baus. Oh, Baus doesn't respond to me. He responds to you. Yeah, I get Kayla on the show. Probably get Kayla's boyfriend on the show. Yeah, or I thought they're married. I don't know. I, okay, well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. We can get your uh, we can get your neighbors on the show. My neighbor. Oh no no. Well, I, I mean I could talk the to one, them, but the ones that like to. Yeah, they don't ever leave their up. apartment, so it's hard. Yeah, to, so easy to get picks. I'm not knocking on that door. There's big dogs there, and it's dirty. <laughs> Just put, put your mouth at the bottom of the door. <laughs> Slide under the door. Oh man, I, I've Easy. talked. I've talked to my boss about it. I've talked to some coworkers about it. Yeah, talk it. to your boss about about hiring North Star Sports. I, I've I, I haven't gotten to that point yet. I that's that's a weird conversation to just bring up, but uh, yeah, but yeah, I, you know, I've talked to them about joining it. Uh, I've talked to uh, people on Twitter about it. Kind of tell them that the the fee to join is a measly fifty five thousand dollars a year. <laughs> Hey, Swifty Roofing thought about sponsoring the event, uh, the Main Car Grand Prix, putting in a $50 reward victory. But Oh, that's another thing, too. If anybody's listening and just has, like, 25 bucks, I'll just give you the naming rights for a year. <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> you can have naming rights. <laughs> the, the Main Car Showdown? Be yeah. The main sponsor? I don't, as long as it's not, like, a racial slur or anything, <laughs> fucking... Dude, Swifty's down. I, hey, I, Swifty roofing is a real thing. Yeah, well, you know, we'll 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 figure it out. We are looking for sponsors for everything. I mean, we got plenty of segments. Well, why don't we sponsor this state-of-the-art studio? I mean, basically, this studio looks like uh, you know, like Mercedes-Benz Stadium. It's space age. So that is true. That is true. I it mean, it's very nice. Got a comfy chair. Yeah. Some. I mean, some of the the panels, the panelings coming off, but you know, oh, cost money to you know. <laughs> Upkeep Mercedes Benz Stadium too. You know you can't just let it sit there for thirty years. All right, we need a sponsor. We, I, I'll find us a sponsor. Oh, we need a sponsor. Hey, <laughs> dude, I can F- find fireplace a fireplace guys. You know, yep. I mean, there's there's plenty of sponsors we could possibly get. Oh man, yeah, we'll get the sponsors. We'll get the sponsors rolling. Perfect, because you know once once the sponsors come in, you know then the TV deals start coming in, and you know that's true. I don't know how we televise this event, but oh, there's there's ways we'll figure. We should it out. just start all actually fighting each other. Yeah, there we go. I mean, my my goal in twenty by the end of twenty twenty one is to get ripped. So you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I want to see you fight, Captain. Oh, that, those are wars every time. Those are wars. I got I got scars from dealing with that. Dog. All right, but I I think this was a good combo at the end here, and uh, I'll let you do your little thing. You know, the mailman thing. So. Yeah, there you go. Well, I already did it, so you know that is we, true. We already gave out everything. So that is true. Be sure to check out NorthStarSports.media. Otherwise, you're you're a square. Square. You're a square, and that's the worst shape of all time. Right. Everybody, everybody knows the best shape is a triangle. Yeah, hexagon. Those are cool. Hexagon. Oh, that's lame. Man. Hexagon. 
That's too extra. That's that's no. trying too hard. No, that's not trying. Hexagon. Those are lame. The, you, next you know show what? we were arguing about. You know what we need to bring back? That the, we the best shape is an octagon. <laughs> you know what we need to bring back? What the soup oh, hour? Yeah, we need to bring the soup hour back. That will. If anyone doesn't know, if you know, obviously listeners from yeah, what was it WRFW, whatever it was called, you know, they know what the soup hour is. We did this. We talked about an extreme best. sports hour. Extreme, dude. Extreme soup sport. and extreme sports. I have not been on the show in nearly like three months, but I am making it a goal in 2021 to be back on this show more often since my, my grace, you know, it, 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 it brings holiness to the mic. But so I, I hope to be on that. We'll bring the soup hour back, bring the extreme sports hour back, everything back. We need to get it back rolling. I have a lot to talk about with soup hour because I've, I've been doing some stuff differently with soups. I'm not even kidding. I got I got a secret method with soups that you, you got to save it for people, the soup hour. I know. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to tease it, though. All right. But I'm going to tease it. People tell me I'm crazy for this because like, I do it every single time. Anytime there's soup here, people are like, wow, that is like extra. That's crazy. But like, I and you see it with other food items, but you don't see it with soup. And uh, I don't know. It's controversial. It's controversial. It's controversial. Okay. Yeah. People are, but whatever. But you know, I'm, I'm built differently. So, you know, I, I, I do extra with my soup. So. You know, right, well, but I'm, I'm, I'm never going to share it unless there's a soup hour. That is true. Next time I'm on, we will do a soup hour. Man, uh, yeah, probably before the... Well, it's so hard to do because like weekends are really always interesting for me. I will get in contact with you within the next 72 hours about when I will be on the show next. There we go. Well, I don't know if you know this, but, I mean, laptops are mobile and, you know... That is true. Yeah, the yeah. only thing I will say is if we go to my place or something like that there may be a kid there which could make it difficult oh that's fine we do it after the kid is is knocked out <laughs> you know what i mean or or whatever you know that is or true. the kid's just there doesn't matter <laughs> put him on the show yeah that's he, fine he actually rode a snowmobile for the first time today i know i know that is awesome he rode a snowmobile but yeah i mean we can we can do this wherever oh yeah we'll figure it out we'll figure it out oh we also we also have the ability to to call into shows oh yeah yeah so even even if it's just even if it's just for a segment, doesn't even true. have to be. You know, you're a busy guy. That is true. You're a busy guy. You're a sleepy guy as well. <laughs> I am so a very sleepy guy. That's... Even if it's only there's news about the Detroit Lions and we need you on for ten minutes. That you is know, true. We'll, we'll call you just for ten minutes. That is true. I do forget I used to call my picks in. That is how we did it. Yeah, I have not. Literally for a just phone to the mic because we don't have the technology <laughs> to fucking put shit on Audacity. That's why we need a sponsor. Yeah, then we could do that. Exactly. Then we could do that. All right. All right. We'll get this going. We'll get this going. Exactly. And, you know, I'm excited for the soup hour. You can do the bread hour. That is I know There's only one good bread. bread, though. But we talk about it on the show. Dude, you know what we could do? The noodle hour. What is your favorite oh, kind of yeah. noodle? There, oh, there's a huge yeah. difference between noodles. There's a huge difference. Major. I'd have to think about that. Right. The pasta. Dude, we can just turn this into a food pasta pocket. hour. The pasta dude, hour, Dude, let's man. get picked up by Food Network. <laughs> dude, let's do let's, it. Dude. dude, fuck sports. Sports are fucking lame. <laughs> dude, but like, like, what's your favorite like snack? Like cosmic brownies or like... You oh, know those are good. Oh, dude, star crunches. Hour. Oh, what the hell is a star crunch? A star crunch? Is that the right name for it? I don't even know what a star crunch is. Oh, these are these are these are the best. These are the goat from from the days in 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 daycare. Those little little star crunches. They got oh, like okay. Rice Krispies yep. and caramel in the middle, and they're covered in chocolate. I would say little Debbies are my favorite, like the little Debbie like cakes. But 
So my that's one of my, one of my family members almost. He ate a whole pack of them bad boys. And he almost died. I, I thought I thought your favorite was was plain white bread and a one sauce. Oh, dude, we could we can even have that now. We I can come on here and tell stories. Any, you know what? Anyone want to hear stories about my life? We can do that too. We can hear the story hour. I have a mom who's literally a crackhead. We can talk about. Yeah, there we go, dude. Let's turn, <laughs> dude. This, let's turn this into the Dr. Phil show. Oh, the Dr. Phil show. There we go. Dude, fuck food. Let's <laughs> let's let's do the Dr. Phil show. Dude, we could definitely do a Dr. Phil. Although I, we, I can't call it that. We'll but, call it the Dr. Uh, Dr. Owen show. But we'll spell doctor incorrectly because I don't want to get <laughs> I don't want people to get the wrong idea. That is true. All right, we'll spell doctor with a with a K. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah a backwards K. Yeah, backwards K. There we go. I don't go. know how we do that on the computer, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> I don't know either. Oh man. Yeah, we can make. Dude, we got ideas up the wazoo. Twenty twenty one is going to be huge, huge. We're going to be a multimedia conglomerate. Hundred percent. The numbers are just through the fucking roof. The numbers are are through the through through the roof. They're 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 too big for the chart. I had to get I had to get a different chart because the numbers were were too big for the chart. They were off the charts. That is true. Even the locomotive has thought about you know putting his own show out there to go with North Star Sports and and you know turn it into a podcast, bring some interesting people on the show, talk to them about their life experiences. Who knows? Yeah, there we go. You, you could start up South Star Sports. That is true. South Star Sports. There you go. I mean, an <laughs> LLC only costs like fifty five bucks. I already have one. It'll just be Swifty Roofing. <laughs> oh, it doesn't even matter. I'll just turn it into whatever that is. That See, was the there you go. Waste that fifty bucks ever. I need a I need a sneak peek though of the pasta hour. I gotta know. The pasta you don't you don't have to tell you don't have to tell me your favorite pasta because I would need to think about that. But off the top of your head, what's one of your what's one of your go to pastas? Go to pasta is one that I actually made: fettuccine alfredo with angel hair noodles. Yeah, and meatballs. You got to make the meatballs from just ground beef, though. None of that packaged shit. Like you got to make the meatballs, spice them up. And just, dude, that's just, it's just a plain, equal, easy, like, you obviously got to add some garlic to the, you know, store. I don't make my own sauce. I'm not, I'm not magui or anything like that. Like, you got to make your own. Bon appetit. I, I'll come on the show and just literally eat into the microphone. Dude. <laughs> fuck the doctor show. Let's just do ASMR shows. <laughs> dude, I was going to say Angel here. Because you get the, you get that? the most you get the most sauce mm-hmm. per noodle. Exactly. I don't want these big noodles. Exactly. I don't want I don't want noodles the size of this fucking mic. Exactly. Okay? And my go-to, my go-to is angel hair pasta. Okay, real simple. Maybe, maybe we put some thyme. Maybe we just take a stick of butter, just put it in there. That is I don't true. Know. Sometimes I get those pasta sauces. You know what I mean? And, and not just the regular. You know, they got the Italian spices in them. Okay. Then what do I do? River Falls classic. I lived off this for a long time. Okay, we get a pound of beef. Mm-hmm. Okay, we just cook that all because we're yep. not saving oh, yeah. anything. We're not going to get oh, yeah. sick. What kind of beef are you? 70, 30, what, 90, 10? 90, 10 is the best way to go. It's the most expensive, but it's the best way to go. I think I went 70, 30. Whatever's yeah. cheapest. Yeah, that's it's, 70, Because it, it don't matter. Because all the fat's going to yeah. get boiled off anyway. And sometimes, I was a master of this uh, at uh, not Aldi's because they don't they do not do that, but um, Family Fresh. Just, just buying the cheapest meat. Because I go to the grocery store all the time, so all the meat that has to go because it expires in a couple of days, it's still good. But mm-hmm. I know that I'm gonna eat it tonight, exactly. so I get it. I get you know, uh, you know, ribeyes and and pork chops real cheap. I used to do. I used to. Well, I'll get to that in a second. But cook all that entire pound of beef in a gigantic pot, and that's just my next three meals. There you go. Because yep. I just put it in the fridge, you heat it up, and you eat it again. Doesn't oh, yeah. go bad. I used to do this uh, pork chops. And I always buy a lot of cheap wine, 
because I like drinking wine. Mm. I don't like drinking red wine though, but I buy red wine because then I just I make a sauce out of it. I get this lemon seasoning, like lemon salt, yep. se- lemon yep, pepper, yep. lemon zest, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, lemon zest, lemon pepper. Put it in the pan with these pork chops. Pour some wine in there, and then you just get this sticky kind of. It's a little bit sour, which doesn't sound good, but sour, sweet and sour pork, and it's on the pork chops. And then you know, mm. dude, that reminds Mama me. Mia. That reminds me of when I was living with Rick, and uh, he made uh, um, pork chop. What is it? Uh, cream of mushroom soup, fettuccine noodles, and then he did some weird thing. He never told me with the spice or whatever. It used to be the best thing I used to ever eat. I think I've had that when I was yeah, over at Rick's. Yep, probably. He used to make a lot of... He dude, makes good hamburgers. Dude, great hamburgers, and he made a... The man, for some reason, who never really cooked, made a great pot roast. Great pot... For, he'd make it like... It was literally... It's something he only made like once a month, every two months. But he would literally... He was retired. He would sit home when I was at school or something or at work, and he would literally make an entire pot roast and spend like the night, morning, and day making it. And it would be the greatest thing I've... Like, fall off the bone kind of stuff. I mean, it was unreal. I wish I had a crock pot so I could make it. But, yeah, for some reason, Rick was a really good cook. Made a really good bologna and grilled cheese sandwich. Never had one before. Made it really good. Yeah, man. We can just come on here with the food ideas that we had. Like, my, my dad used to make garlic grilled cheese. It used to be amazing when camping trips. Unreal. My grandma used to make uh, handmade noodles. She'd make her own, like, this chicken noodle soup she used to make. She cut the carrots, and usually it'd be fresh out of her garden or something. Fresh carrots, fresh, like, uh, celery that would just dissolve. Uh, the broth was all, like, fresh. The chicken was fresh. Like, everything was best chicken noodle soup I've ever eaten. I mean, we can just come out here and give recipes, man. I mean, we can turn this into anything. True, true. I don't really have too many because all my stuff is cheap. All my stuff is cheap, and I only ate, like, five things. Oh, in yeah, college, I, I do that now. Eat all the same stuff. Because of you, I got into fucking wheels and cheese. Dude, wheels and cheese are amazing. Dude, I would buy out the store of Dude, wheels yep. and cheese. They're only like ever a dollar too. I like covering yeah, exactly. it. They're a dollar. That's like, like four a day. Like I buy my kid healthy stuff. Like like I've told you what I've did. Like I buy my kid the stuff he likes. Whatever he eats it. Dude, I, I live off ramen, like popcorn, like unbuttered popcorn. I add my own butter if I really want it. I live off. Um, Apples and peaches, for some reason, unreal. Like, just the fresh apples and peaches, unreal. And um, um, pears. That's what's in my fridge right now. Like, that's all that's in my fridge. Other than my kid's stuff, like his milk and his snacks and stuff like that. But, like, yeah, that's all that's in my fridge. I mean, that's really all you need. I mean, Mm -hmm. our our pantries here are just full of nonsense that that (laughs) nobody eats, you know, because I don't do the grocery shopping. But, I mean, my, my day was the same every single day. I have two cups of coffee. Yep. Okay, this is in I college. I got a Keurig now, so I can do that. Yeah, there you go. And this is in college. It's changed now because, we, you know, I, I'm not buying groceries. Cause right, you're grubbing my, my, out now. Cause my, yeah, because my rule is I never buy anything that's more than $2. <laughs> my my grocery, I could buy so much food for 40 bucks, But I wake up, two cups of coffee, uh, one of those apple pies that you get from uh, from McDonald's. Yep. Except like off-brand, whatever Aldi has. Yeah. Uh, come back, Okay. It's a calzone. It's a it's a pepperoni calzone. Okay, have a lot of like granola protein bars throughout mm-hmm. the day if I'm hungry. Cliff okay. bars are amazing. Yeah, and then at night it's either the spaghetti with the pound of meat, or it's just a, an entire pizza. Dude, and that's that's you live it. off pizza. Hundred percent. It's got everything you need. Lots of mods. I can eat jacks. I can eat anything. Jacks are like 
dirt cheap, but like the mozzolazzo pizza or the the hedgies, man. Nine, ten dollars, but so worth it. Oh yeah, or just buying your own cheese to put on the pizzas. That is true. Because you get a Jack's, and sometimes you get those little fucking sauce yeah, dots yeah. where there's not cheese. But you buy your own cheese, and you sprinkle it on there. You've created a lots of matzo without spending $9 a pizza. Another thing in my fridge right now, freezer, waffles. Just Eggos. could eat those for a day. I had like five of them for breakfast today. You just eat them. Just plain. Doesn't matter. Syrup. I bought three bottles of maple syrup because they were on sale for like a dollar. So I was like, yeah. Waffles. Oh, that is true. Anything that's on sale, I'm buying. Oh, dude, hands down. Doesn't matter. Uh, like cheese, rig- uh, cheese uh, ravioli was on sale at Cub, and I bought like five, six bags and just ate it. Like, I mean, it's anything that cooks fast because I don't have the patience to really cook things. So it's anything that cooks fast. Oh yeah, I'd buy a lot of tortellini. Uh, I ever tell you the the time where me and Reagan went to call a game in uh, Eau Claire, and uh, we got. Uh, uh, they, they ordered uh, everybody in like the press pass pizza. Ever mm-hmm. tell you that story? No, you did not. Uh, it was a nine-topping pizza. Didn't know that was a thing. It it's not, <laughs> but it was a nine-topping pizza. It was the grossest pizza I've ever had. But I was so fucking hungry. Uh, it had it had like turkey, chicken, <laughs> thirds of onions, just massive onions. <laughs> oh no, thank massive you. Massive onions. I, I, it might have had, uh, I, I think it had olives on it as well, sausage, pepperoni, obviously cheese. The turkey itself sounded disgusting. Yep, there was turkey on that it. That is disgusting. I'd have, to ta- I'd have to talk to Reagan because he kept down a list. That is but disgusting. The, these, these onions were, like, they just cut an onion in thirds. Dude, onions on are there. disgusting. Yeah, luckily they're so big you can pull them out. But still, you can taste an onion. Oh, for sure, Dude, for sure. And I hate that. I hate onion taste. Like, go to McDonald's, order double, you know, whatever the hell. Oh, and, yeah. And, and you tell them no onions. I, I had this issue with my forget. brother. I had this issue with my brother. This month, When he wasn't driving yet, this motherfucker would have me say, all right, no onions. And he'd look at it, and he'd be like, all right, drive back around. I'm like, why? He's like, they put onions on here. And I'm like, all right, drive back around. They F up again, so I'm driving around again. Dude, <laughs> I, I got to the point where I saw that, and I'm like, all right, I'm not even going to – I'm just going to clear it off and pray to God they don't throw – a mound of onions on there, but yeah. It, you know what I've heard works, but I, I've never tried it. it. Tell them that you're allergic to onions. Yeah, that is true. Like they, if they put it on there, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> you're you're me killing me. me. Right, you're killing me. Turn around. All right, man, try killing me. Now give me like 50. Dude, I think the greatest story I ever had with like fast food, now that we're getting into fast food. So one time I was, uh, I think it was in high school, and I got like a 20 for my birthday or something. I went to Taco Bell, and that's when the Lo- Locos Tacos came out. Oh, yeah. And I ordered like five of them, like for me and a buddy. Or no, it was more like 10 or whatever it was. They were like a dollar at the time or something. But I ordered like 10 of them. And uh, the guy gave me 10 tacos, and then and they made 10 more tacos on accident. So I ended up with 20 Locos Tacos that day. 20 Locos Tacos. That was the greatest fast food story I've ever had. Or... um. Yeah, that was probably it. I got 20 tacos, 10 free tacos. Those were, those were, those were the days. Yeah, I've never seen uh, as uh, – we got a, we got a close game there with uh, Tampa and, and uh, the Washington football team. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the greatest fast food story I've ever this, – this guy is a fucking genius. Shout out to the bull man. The bull man. Uh, my, my college roommate. I've never seen someone who's better at getting free food from, from fast food places. So uh, – and they're they're nice because I didn't have a lot of money in college because right you know these people had like you know they worked a lot of hours or they came from you know pretty awesome places, um, so a lot of a lot of times they were really really awesome. Those are solid dudes where like you know they get bogos from uh, 
from B Dubs, mm-hmm. and I just they just give me the one free right one yep. where it's like oh that's super cool. But um, Bull Man, we ordered from Dairy Queen, and the Dairy Queen in River Falls is is ran by yep. fifteen year olds. Yep, it is ran by children, <laughs> children. Yeah. So we ordered like twenty bucks of, of of DQ for three people. So you know it wasn't crazy. Like we everybody got like one of those like boxes or whatever. Yep. It has like the toast and stuff. And uh, they, I think they got one thing wrong, well, some minor thing wrong. Like I think they got one of like the drinks incorrect, uh, but it wasn't just like a soda drink. It was like uh, like a, one of the ice cream things or something. Bullman calls him up. I don't know what he did, but he ended up getting the correct order. So double the food because he got the, ex- the exact <laughs> yeah. same order yeah. and his money back. <laughs> so he got paid twenty bucks to have. Two entire meals for everybody. I've never seen that type that is, of that is awesome. finesse. I don't know what he did, but he like he's he's not not a slimy guy at all. But like he's really good at like working people. Yep. yep. And uh, good with the words. Yeah, he's very good with the, he's a wordsmith. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've never seen that. He got paid. He got paid twenty bucks. Yeah. To get forty dollars of fast food. Oh man, I've I've only ever did the actually one of the things with new competitor Corey Ireland. Uh, he won't listen to this, but uh, me and him were on a work break. Or at lunch break or whatever, and you know, at my old job, we had like three-hour lunch breaks. We went to Arby's, and uh, their machines went down right as I was going up to pay or whatever in order. And they they had me sit there and wait for like 15 minutes so their system would come back up. And uh, the guy was like, "I ordered like uh, the cordon blue thing there, which hey, I recommend to anybody. That thing is delicious. Don't care. And like two classic roast beefs is when I was big and chunky, so I'd eat a lot of food. And the guy's like systems down whatever so we won't even have you pay and they gave me free food and then right when ireland comes up the machine pops back on and they're like what can i get you and he's thinking like oh i'm gonna get free food and they're like you ordered like three four things like they're like 1570 sir and he never seen a man so mad before in my entire <laughs> life you got charged like 15 bucks for that and i got free food that was the coolest thing ever coolest thing. he didn't talk to me the rest of the day though he's that kind of person where he's really petty yeah he is pretty funny i threw a box at him and <laughs> we don't even talk no more because of that it was an amazon box i just went and it hit him in the nose and me and him haven't talked in like six months <laughs> yeah yeah fast food's crazy like that because uh, uh man sometimes it just hits the right spot like uh, i've been doing this now that i got a little skrilla skrilla after after games I call or, uh, or, or or whatever, especially after, like, those cold, cold high school football games, going straight to McDonald's. Mickey D's, I'm eating, huh? I'm eating boiling hot fries <laughs> on my way back, and it's, oh, man, I'll get I'll get two bacon double cheeseburgers. I'll get a large thing of fries because i got to eat them on, on, on the way home, mm-hmm. and, and then I'll get a 10-piece McNuggets. Ooh. And if they don't give me my two barbecue sauces, like I'm fucking... They didn't give me any barbecue sauce the last time I got it. Oh, wow. I would get pissed. Oh, I almost went back. I am obsessed. The only burger place I eat from is right next to my house. It's Burger King. I am obsessed with the Bacon King. The Bacon King. The Bacon King. It's the only thing I eat from Burger what's, King. What's the Bacon King? It is a pound of meat with a pound of bacon and then like some sauce on it or whatever, like mayonnaise or something. But that's all it is. That's all it is. Just a pound of... No lettuce? No lettuce. Nothing. It's just that. It's delicious. No cheese? Oh, there's cheese. There's like, yeah, there's there's a good amount of cheese on there. But yeah, that's all it is. It's just that. Because I hate like lettuce and shit. Like I can eat lettuce. Like I can eat salad and shit. But like, I don't like it when it's touching my burger. I can do... I think it has pickles on it. But it's amazing. I'm upset. It's like $10, but... Damn, that does sound good. Dude, next time you're at Burger King, check out the Burger King. King. You can get a triple of it. 
that sounds excessive. <laughs> Seems excessive. Never did that. Never did that. But yeah, it's it's good. It well, is. I don't good. know how you feel about this, but the best fast food, fast food burger there is out there is Five Guys. Oh, hands down. Five I, guys I wouldn't even is consider so that good. fast food because it takes forever to get out well, that. Well, I guess, but it's not like a sit down. Yeah. Well, I guess you could. Yeah. But you could sit down at Burger King. I just like when you can throw peanuts on the ground at Five Guys. That's the fun part. Yeah, I, I just like when you can spit on the floor at Five Guys. <laughs> hey, funny story. I was at Target today, and I was spitting dip all over the floor because I didn't have a cup. <laughs> there you go. Are you in Tennessee? But, oh, and I know you and me are in total agreement on this. I, I think the best fast food place of all time is Chick-fil-A. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. so good. Definitely. Just I, the service I, in itself is good, and you don't have to deal with pissed-off high schoolers every time. I, I love... Like, I was talking to uh, my dad about this because he, he never had Chick-fil-A. And I love to be somebody's, like, first Welcome experience me. to Chick-fil-A. We're like, oh, wow, you don't know. You don't <laughs> you know don't about know. the greatest fast food of all time. You know what I mean? Because I was misguided for a while because I – and this place is fine. It's fine. Uh, it, it's good, but it's not the best. Because I, I never had Raising Cane's until I moved to Rosemount when I was, like – 17 yeah i'm like oh wow raising canes is so good but like you don't you don't know if you don't know that chick-fil-a and anybody who's listening from the south obviously is known for a long time but but they also got some phonies down there like i went to a zaxby's in columbia missouri oh yeah fucking dog shit you ever go to church's chicken never been to church no i i know peyton has and he says it's really good uh one you ever had have you had the uh chicken sandwich from uh popeye's yet yet like as if, as in they've changed it? No, no, no. I'm just asking if you've had oh, it. Oh, um, I think I have. I've had Popeyes before. I've I've definitely had Popeyes and I've definitely had their chicken, but I don't know if it was. Uh... Well, their chicken sandwich. I, I will say this is better than any chicken sandwich I've ever had. I can understand why people got shot for that thing. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding. Like it I don't is know. Chick- even better than Chick Fil A's. Yeah, it really is. Like it's it's you wouldn't think it because. Popeye's chicken isn't even that fucking good. Like, it's really not that good. But, like, their chicken, there's something about it that, like, it's it. you need to try it. I'll buy you one. I'll order you one tomorrow. Oh, perfect. I'll order it to your house. It's perfect. like six bucks or the something. Quiz, can you order me the Subway from the airport? <laughs> oh, the Quiznos. Oh, no, the the Quiznos. No, I, I don't want to go to the Quiznos. Yeah. <laughs> the Quiznos. That's the funniest review I've ever seen oh, in my entire man, life. Dude, that was the glory days, I think, when I was living here. We oh, were you sure were living here? Yeah. Sure oh, I miss the days of living here. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, you'll get evicted soon enough. Yeah, I'll get evicted. Hop back and do a show every day. <laughs> there we go. Oh, man. Yeah. How much money I could stack? Oh, <laughs> throw man. Throw your mom like, dude, I could throw like five, but it'd still be fucking. Oh, dude, we still got a space next to the hole in the <laughs> Right, still sitting to, steep, man. Oh, man, I wish I could. Dude, like, I look at like when I was living with Rick and like how much money I was making. Dude, if I didn't, if I didn't have bills, didn't have any sort of payments, Sitting, dude, forty grand easily in my pocket, just easily. But no, that's not how it works. You gotta be an adult now. It sucks. That is very Especially true. When your baby mom is a goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But either way, but yeah, but yeah. I mean, Popeyes. If you do, I'll order you Popeyes. I don't even care. I'll go buy it for you, pick it up, and you eat it. I, I'm down. But you know what's the most overrated fast food place of all time, especially you and me growing up in um, in Cottage Grove? What's that? KFC. Oh, dude, yeah. I used to love that, that used... as a kid. There's one by my house 100%. now. They got rid of the popcorn chicken. Only good thing they have. Yeah, only good thing. Their chicken is overrated. I mean, yeah, no the, doubt. The one got, didn't the one, I don't want, I'm not going to speak in the affirmative, but didn't didn't the one, hypothetical, in Cottage Grove get shut down because of rats? 
No, that yeah, that that happened. Yeah, like it was that dirty. that was the re- it was dirty. That's why I got shut down. And then they brought in that that um they brought in remember uh, famous Dave's was there for like a month, but they couldn't get a liquor license, so they shut down. Yeah, famous. I like famous Dave's. Oh man, that I'm one was excited. awful. But that's that's how depressing Cottage Grove dude, is. Cottage Grove is food wise, because dude, move Rose Mountain has literally everything. Mm-hmm. And then obviously being you know in Bloomington, there's everything. But like you have like. Well, I guess we got a McDonald's and a Burger King, obviously, and a Subway, which every town has. A town of 400 has that. We have four Subways. We do. None of them are good. No. But, um, like, oh, wow, we were we were drooling over Famous Dave's and, and, and stuff like that. You know, the same, same people who were drooling over, you know, Yojo's. Yeah, the only good restaurant that Cottage Grove has had in my lifetime where it was, like, original, you go down, it was the car bar. Oh, disgusting. That was the only, that was the only one where it was, like, their own though. I mean, we had Ruby Tuesdays, which was oh. disgusting. Uh, you know, we have the red, the red cow or whatever now, which is awful. I mean, it's overpriced. Do you know how many frozen yogurt and ice cream places that we have? Unreal like, amounts. Like you remember, like that, uh, like Point Douglas, where you go behind Target and then you're you're going towards uh, now where Walmart is and, yep. and Menards. How there's that tiny little strip mall. Yeah, there used to be a good Mr. Good Sense in there, a sandwich place, which is really good. Yeah, and there used to be like a Bridgman's ice cream or something. Yep. That guy used to come into the gas station and work that all the time. Yeah, they went out of business. There's so many. It, and Cold Stone. Cold Stone was actually good, though. Yeah, Cold Stone just closed down because it was in a terrible location. The worst. Up in the, nobody yeah. goes there. I guess the only restaurant left is Lost Margaritas. That's still there. That took over Perkins. Yeah, I don't mind Lost Margaritas. Yeah, but yeah, the car bar was the only place where it was like... You could call your own, I guess. I understand the food wasn't that great, but, like... Oh, food was bad. Yeah, I, I, it was the only place you could call, like, oh, this is, like, a Cottage Grove staple, I guess. Yeah, everything's just chains. Yeah, exactly. Everything kind of... Shithole. Shithole. That's how I'm going to say it. I don't even care what they say if I say it. Don't care. Anyone from Cottage Grove can come talk to me. That place is just... Oh, man, nothing there. Well, just... I mean, you, you get so many death threats already. What's another... Yeah, I've got nine. What's another, what's another fucking three, four? I got another one last night. Dude calling me out. But what, whatever. It doesn't even matter. But yeah, Cottage Grove, man. I mean, you look at it. I mean, there's just there's nothing there. You know, like I live in Oakdale, which you know, obviously not any better, really. But like, it's better because there's more there. There's, you you yeah. like you like drinking that Oakdale tap? Oh, dude, who's got better tap water, Oakdale or Cottage Grove? Cottage Grove definitely does, but Cottage Grove also has a lot of 3M stuff in it, and <laughs> so does Oakdale. But 3M admitted to it. <laughs> Man, and that that was the the weird part about living in that spot in, in Rosemount, right next to the refinery, where it's like uh, you're a couple miles from the refinery and all that stuff there, but you're all you're all on the wrong side or on the good side of the wind, where the wind is pushing <laughs> it away, and all of that is just going to Cottage Grove. Dude, Cottage Grove, man, I uh, nope, no, thank you. My kid won't go there. I won't. I will never move back. You're not there. going to park. It's an IB school. Fuck no. It was an IB school because they had that professor. It was really good for like a year or two. Yeah. Again, for the fifth time, check out NorthStarSports.media. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.